the fuck? It's been good earlier. Let's just take it off. Everybody knows I'm Memphis to the core. I don't have to. I don't have to prove anything. I don't know why it's not fitting right tonight. Anyway, hello, welcome. I'm Ethan Ralph. I host the Killstream, theRalphRetort.com, Killstream.live. Yeah, the hat's just not fitting right tonight. It's kind of one of those hats where it's supposed to sit on your head a little bit anyway, and it's just not sitting the way I want it to sit. I don't know if it's gonna need a haircut or what. Um, Ralph, what is this about online drama or inside information? Um, well, basically, Worski was spending all day saying I was going to get kicked off um, Cozy.TV. Obviously, that did not happen uh, as I'm broadcasting live on Cozy.TV slash Ethan Ralph right now. Uh, I had a conversation with Nick. Go ahead. Oh, it's Lauren Whiskey's birthday today. Wish, she, wish her a happy birthday, friends. Well, happy birthday, Lauren. She's been on the show a few times. Uh, basically, there were some complaints about the Saturday show. Uh, Nick had talked about it on his show, uh, and we had to have a conversation, and just we talked it over. Um, no animosity whatsoever either way. Uh, I apologize for getting him caught up in my drama, basically. Unwittingly, I didn't do it on purpose. I just, you know, I wasn't thinking. It was one of those hardcore type of shows, uh, and I wasn't thinking that, um, you know, they would be using this cancel culture stuff and trying to... You know, say, oh, how could you let so-and-so stream? I, I Basically, I wasn't thinking things through. Um, so, partially my fault for sure. I apologize for that. Um, he very graciously uh, accepted, and um, we're still in cozy, basically. That's that's the long and short of it. So, thank you to Mr. Fuentes. I'll be there. Uh, February 25th, actually. Uh, AFPAC 3 down in Orlando. Can't wait. Very excited to see everybody down there. Uh, very excited to have fun. Uh, with respect. Actually, I, sh- I won't detail our, our whole conversation, but I mentioned I wouldn't be drinking in Orlando, so I would be on my, on my best behavior. <laughs> he said, but but save the sunglasses is what he said. Don't get rid of those. So maybe maybe I should bring back the Gucci's. I, I don't know. Not Gucci's for sure, but the Gucci's. Here, will you... Will you put turn that fucking uh, air conditioner off because it's rattling pants who just walked in here. Uh, but uh, he said that was a winner, so I don't know. Maybe I'll have to, maybe I'll have to bring those out of retirement. I thought that was maybe a one night only thing, uh, but uh, <laughs> maybe I'll bring them back. I don't know. I haven't decided. All right, killstream.live slash entropy. Uh, power. Oh, should have hit my mic. Sorry. Uh, powerchat.live slash the Ralph retort uh, is also on. What else? Man, we got a lot of shit. Oh, why the fuck is it not? Okay, so I'll have to f- fix entropy. I think I'm not on the right thing there. I'll fix it. I'll get it going. Patrick Holly's coming in here shortly. Uh, let me start this up. Okay, Entropy. You can work anytime now. All right, there it goes. Entropy's up. Killstream.live slash Entropy. We're up on the YouTube restream, of course. Let me see if I can go over there and check that out. Check that out just a little bit. There we go. Okay. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Gucci's hates Ralph. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'd hate me, too, if I was her. Fucking homeless crack smoker. We'll talk about crack pipes tonight. Maybe we can... Uh, is she going to be on the Biden plan to get the free crack pipes? I don't know. This bitch is a fucking trifling whore. She makes me sick. Don't get me... Don't get me started. That's not how I wanted to start the show. Got a, 
God of Conquest 91 sent $3. Get some pit vipers like baked Alaska. <laughs> Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Should I show up in Orlando with the pits? I don't know. I don't know. She really does hate soap and water, dude. She's nasty. Like, what the fuck? Get in the wa- get in that water, dude. Man. She reminds me of that dude I was in jail with who would, who would shower like every three months. And he stank so bad that it was like a running joke in the block. But even the OGs wouldn't really fuck with him because he like fucking shot his baby mom in the face with a, with a sh- like, I don't know if it was a shotgun or a rifle. Because she wouldn't let his son go to some party or some shit. So he just walked into her house with a fucking rifle and uh, blew her head off. And he was kind of had a little swole to him too, right? Like he's, and he's like, he was on some serious medication uh, as well uh, to like keep him like on some simple jack type shit, basically. Uh, But she still maybe wouldn't want to tangle with somebody. (laughs) You might not want to tangle with somebody like that. So Um, (laughs) he smells like Gucci's. Basically, is the punchline of that story. Uh, Gucci's is just like Pantsu said. She they post her picture, her Pantsu and Alice. She said Gucci's left a trail on her like a like a snail, like slime on her hands. Like that's how fucking just disgusting this bitch is. Like ah, I don't know. Yeah, they had him on his simple jack shit, dude. Yeah, it was. Uh, he needed to be on that. Like I mean. People say I got an anger problem, but uh, this guy took it over the line. I mean, let's be... <laughs> this guy took it. You know, even I have to say that's too much. That's too much for sure. <laughs> Gucci's is nasty, dude. Snail trail ass bitch. Imagine what her pussy smells like. Are you kidding me? Ugh. Fucking chug a donkey, that fucking old nasty snatch she's got down there. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, she needs to be, like, deloused and held under the water. Don't drown her. I mean, we'll give her some kind of snorkel or some shit. Um, but she needs to be held under the water until <laughs> until she's thoroughly cleaned. All right, now. Okay, so Patrick, I did I not? Uh, yeah, I did send the link. Okay. We'll get them on here in a minute. Pit Vipers now sponsors Killstream. Send $10 <laughs> Pit Vipers for the win. Wow, dude, I'm pretty... Fuck, I didn't expect them to drop that sponsorship. It's been a long week. Damn, shit's looking up. Official sponsor. Should we get the, should we get the logo and put it on the screen? Wow. Official sponsor. We've never had an official sponsor. Are you kidding me? This is 60 seconds. It's got to be more than that. Okay. William, a 33 cent $14 white boys 07s in chat. 
but better watch your back, it's a white boy summer. Whole iPhone full of white boy gunners. We all come up from the bottom like the pipes in the gutter. Got the shotgun going bump, 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 bump. Call me white trash, white boy, I kind of like that. If you got a problem, you can come and kiss my wife. I don't really care what I'm allowed to do. Got a homie that'll kill you for a mountain dew. Shoot, you don't want to get a death threat from a redneck. Put a lead dent in your headrest. Yep, yep, what, what, yeehaw, cops come. Hey, Viber Edition. We leave white boys, don't talk. You ain't going to see him coming hunting camo. Low second amendment and they got tons of ammo. Got a gut full of liquor, lungs full of tobacco. Kind of crackers that will crack you for some gas for the back. Oh, and a homie ride a shotgun with a shotgun. Well, he shotguns 24 beers and he's not drunk. Chugging vodka's not a problem till he wants one. Then he likes Don't encourage me, Super Chuck. A lot of white folks like those white folks that go boom. Bunch of psychos, I know. Might roll up your crew when he's you lose. It ain't Halloween. We turned into a white ghost too soon. Yeah. God ain't never made no mother. Crazy as the white boys, we've been known to fight, boys. Hand over that sparkling water. <laughs> Dude, it's a real problem in Europe, I'll God tell you. Conquest, say. 91 cent, $3, Pit Viper, employees, Tfo. <laughs> I was really surprised they came in here and threw around some money to get that sponsorship. Anonymous sent $10. Yeah, I know, I was just about to look up that song, honestly, so... I know this one. What was the name of that song, though? SpongeBob, what? Patrick, Squidward, Sandy, I don't know that one. Larry, oh, I didn't know it's that white boy song. Mr. Krabs, I was about to start singing the other one. Yeah, it was Tom McDonald, White Boys. It's pretty catchy. Look at the chat of Cousins. <laughs> What's up, Nick? I see him in the chat. Good to see you, brother. Thank you, sir. I don't know what you just walked in on, but. <laughs> Pit Viper sponsoring this edition. It's off to a great start. All right. We do have Patrick Holly coming at some point. Um, we could talk about crack pipes before he gets here. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll lead off with crack pipes. I mean, we were already talking about Gucci, so. We basically let off with crack pipes already. We could watch the Breakfast Club talk about crack pipes. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy and Angela Yee. Charlamagne the Dragon. We got a Breakfast Club. Let's get to front page. Oh, we know. It's, we we got us the intro. Come on. And authorized by the American Rescue Plan. It's a grant program that's designed to help Americans who are struggling with substance use stay healthy and safe to prevent overdose death and to find pathways into evidence-based treatment. North FC sent $3 Camon England scowl some fucking gulls. Thank you, sir. Like all programs that use federal funding, these grants must adhere to relevant federal, state, and local laws or regulations. Okay. Just tell me what Charlemagne thinks. All right. So what they're saying basically is that uh, they're going to be distributing drug paraphernalia, and that's what that money is going toward. But it's a lot more than just that. It's part of it, though. I mean, the, the grant serves historically underserved communities, right? That's the nice way to say black people. And the underserved community part comes from the advanced racial equity funding and the grant description requires the provision of of smoking kits 
put those. Also, can we get an AFPAC 3 trending, especially in the cozy chat, because I'm going to be there February 25th. Those kits do constitute just one of several things on a, a also, long... Also, I saw there were some more tickets available. I don't know if those have already sold out. Look. I think there's a few. Yeah, there's still a few general admission tickets left as of now, so... A list for grant recipients. So, yes, while the focus is on they the opened up, of, added a few more people. I saw that. ...of crack pipes. That's just a small part of the program. Now, let me ask a question. Mm-hmm. This, this might sound stupid. How many people die from crack a year? Because crack is not one of those things that you hear people talk about. So how many people die from crack a year? I, I haven't... Well, it, oh, shit. Somebody's got the sticker. Hold on. I need that. The fuck? I need that sticker. <laughs> fuck, can I get that? Spect element on your ass. Oh, sick. I got it. Wow. I feel like a hacker now. <laughs> Damn, that was some straight. Wow. That was some hackery. Holy shit. What did I just pull off, ladies and gentlemen? Holy smokes. This was like next level shit. Uh-oh. Wally sent $3 make a crack pipes for equality shirt before someone else gets on that shit. Oh, check crack pipes. I was trying to think of a crack pipe shirt earlier, actually. Uh, but if you check out the chat now, uh, it looks a little, it's a little bigger, though. I don't know if that's better or not. Is that better Write or not? your congressperson sent $3 unironically email all of your congresspersons and reps and request your crack pipe over and over. <laughs> if it's good enough for Hunter, it's good enough for all of us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good point. You know what? I think the AFPAC 3 is better. I think I made it a little bit better. It's bigger now. By accident. I mean, I definitely didn't do that on purpose, but... <laughs> Talk about guys from crack recently? I don't know what your argument is. What's your debate here? Crack is whack. I, I don't think I it's, that, it's crack it's is whack. What, what is what? your argument? I knew I knew Charlemagne was going to be saying some shit like that. Honestly, I, I knew he was going to. I knew he was going to come out against crack smoking. They're saying is that it's a lot safer. Controversial position. For to smoke than to inject. And so that's the reason um, for the pipes, because people also get diseases from dirty needles. Mm-hmm. And so that spreads infectious diseases as well. So yeah. they're saying smoking is safer than injecting. You know, it was interesting to see people were outraged about this for a number of reasons yesterday. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy to see people outraged about, you know, this yesterday. But when Dr. Carl Hart was up here on the Breakfast Club a couple of years ago pushing the same thing, but, you know, he was talking about heroin, or just drugs in general, people were agreeing with him. But yesterday, they was like, why would you try to make it safer for people to do drugs? I'm like, eh, a couple years ago, y'all was mad at me and Envy for pushing back on Dr. Carl Hart for that. Now, I'm just asking because well, so many people died from, from opioids and fentanyl and lace weed and lace uh, cocaine and all that. So I was just wondering why the crack pipe's right now. Well, that's not all that it yeah, is. Part, that's the whole that's thing. just part of it, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it's a whole lot of different things like facilities where you can test your drugs, places where you can get uh, needles if you yeah, need them. I mean, this has been p- policy and like a thing for a long time. It is kind of funny. I mean, I guess it just got so blatant when they when you can just point out that they're providing actual crack pipes. That the call hall was talking about same exact places where they can reverse. Plus, it's like needles are one thing, like you know. Okay, needle program. I'm not even saying it's right, whatever, but 
crack pipe. You can get a crack pipe fairly easily, right? Like, how lazy are you? You can't even get your own crack pipe? What the fuck? Uh, medication and also, you know, just safer kits, uh, disposal and medication, disposal kits, right. substance yeah. test kits. Substance test kits. All kinds of... Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and the substance test kits, they, they have test scripts for fentanyl and other synthetic drugs. And syringes to prevent and control the spread of infectious diseases. I mean. Same stuff Dr. Carl was talking about, literally. And there's, and there's states that already do this right now, where things have been successful in other cities like San Francisco and Philadelphia. They've been also making efforts to establish these safe injection facilities. And they've seen other countries where people do it, and it actually really does work. They said Canada has the oldest safe injection site in North America. It's been in operation since 2003. And places can come there, test the quality. People can come there, test the quality of their drugs, get sterile injection equipment, inject their drugs under medical supervision. Because a lot of the reason that people die is because their drugs are contaminated and mixed. Yeah, I wish they would focus on, you know, getting people re- rehabilitation, yeah. you know. and, and Well, they, they said it's easier to identify people who have problems, too, because then they come to those sites. And then you can also see who these addicts are and also help them get help. And research does the show. spies are making the crack pipes. I saw Calton that it does significantly decrease overdoses and it does not increase the amount of drug use. And if you guys recall, Dr. Carl Hart did speak to ASAP Yam's mother and she wrote a whole essay about it. She said, to be clear, I recognize that parents, including me, should discourage drug use, but you should also know that my son wanted to get high, not die. And because this is the... Wyoming Cowboy sent $3. You can't even imagine how cringe this crack pipe giveaway sounds to people out on the frontiers of this nation. There is no way this nation can come together. Different worlds. Yeah, um, that's just, that was my gut feel, too. It's just like, it just sounds outrageous to normal people that you're giving away crack pipes. Also, Patrick Holly's here. Uh, Let me uh, admit him, turn on the audio here so we can hear him. Uh, Mr. Patrick Holly, legendary reporter. What's up, man? You're back. Ralph, it's good to see you. It's good see to you, see Ralph. It's good to see you as well. Now I think everything. You know, Ralph. Ralph, you are the most based man in the world because you go over to Portugal on day one. You're fighting migrants in the street. <laughs> all right, that is based right there. Well, I had an interesting trip from many different angles. I have to say, uh, I still enjoyed my time there, uh, but I got to see Lisbon uh, from all the, all the different angles and uh, all the different sides. And God, we I just s- need to send you around the world to fight right? migrants. Yes. I'm like the um, <laughs> American welcoming party uh, over there. <laughs> You're um, her ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> They definitely remembered me when I came back to get my stitches out, and they're like, oh, you were the guy who was yelling his ass off and, like, cussing at people the other night. And I was like, yeah, well, yeah, that was me. I apologize. You know, I'm sorry about that. Uh, And then he just, like, went into it, went into some more. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then he kept going into it. And I was like, okay, well, look, you know, it was kind of a pretty bad night for me too, sir. I apologize that uh, you guys had a rough time of it uh, that evening. It was not my finest hour either. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, the medical industry, they're the real victims. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, it was a hard night for you. Okay, right. Okay, got it. Anyway, I'm back. I'm on the men. I'm getting there, uh, as you can see. Uh, Now, how you been? You've been working this whole time. I have. I have. I'm doing the uh, the same old thing, uh, Ralph. Well, there's Just nothing being wrong a, with that. I a, mean, pariah, I'm, a pariah in our society. I say I'm doing the same old thing too. A menace. That's, what I was, that's the new the new one. I think I'm going to make a shirt that just says menace on it uh, and sell that bitch. Uh, now let me talk. So we got several of your stories here. Um, first off, we're talking about crack pipes, though. Uh, when you yeah. came in here, um, and just you know this big program, and I got another video or so to play. But just uh, Black History Month ever. 
Right. It's been redubbed Crack History Month, uh, which I'm surprised hasn't been used before. But I think it's just, you know, just the confluence of events here with the crack pipe giveaway. And I was talking to the audience before this. I mean, giving needles away and all that. This is not new stuff, really. This has been um, like programs coming up on the left for a long time. Uh, but I think just the... <laughs> the gall of actually giving away crack pipes, which aren't that hard to get or very expensive either. Um, they're, they're really cheap, right? Like, I mean, it's it's not like needles. I mean, they sell crack pipes in the fucking gas station. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, yeah. uh, you might not be able to buy a needle, but you can, my God, buy a crack pipe. Yeah. I guarantee you that. Uh, and so, this is America, Ralph. Yeah, this is America. You can buy your fucking crack pipe in the gas station. That's never going to change. Uh, so how pitiful is it that they're giving it away, one thing? And then second thing, I mean, it's just a crazy thing that a regular person hears. You're like, wait, the government's paying to give away crack pipes? This doesn't seem right. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, they wouldn't have to give away crack pipes for votes if they just stopped trying to ban Newports, you know? <laughs> that used to be their move. They would hand Not out Newports on the streets to Democrats in, in the inner cities, and now I guess they're handing out crack pipes. So they're just taking it up to the next level. Also, uh, I see God of Conquest just popped in, and we'll turn it back on in just a second. Uh, but he said the left won't stop until the entire country is San Francisco. Um I mean, that's kind of true. Uh, actually, I think that's a fair uh, observation there. Uh, now, let's see. Uh, now, I guess this is like the straight news story on it. We were watching a little bit of The Breakfast Club. That clip kind of sucked, actually. I wish I had screened that before uh, and broken my policy. Uh, but let me play this one. Thank you, Stephanie. Well, the Biden administration creating a multi-million dollar grant program geared towards reducing drug harm and hopefully saving lives. Our KSAT Trust Index team received a question from a viewer asking if the money is going towards crack pipes. Aurelicia Barrera helped verify that the information is true. And she talked to one local nonprofit that says, while they have not received any of that grant money, they say these kinds of programs actually save lives. $30 million are being invested by the Biden-Harris administration to support drug harm reduction services that include treatment, prevention, but also syringe exchanges and smoking kits, including crack pipes. Less use, less burning, less spread of disease. That is what we're trying to accomplish. Gavin Rogers is the executive director of the nonprofit Corazon. I also want to know who's got the contract on making these crack pipes. Allie, that's what I want to know. Who is making somebody yeah. joked about Pfizer? I mean, very well may be. I don't know. I want to know who the fuck is making these crack pipes. And we can at least manufacture them here. I mean, that's the best <laughs> we can do at this point in this economy. Can we at least make our own crack pipes? Can we, can make... we put our own workers to work making the crack pipes for the government? Do we have to import them from China? You know what? You know, it's, I wanted to. I wanted to build a wall, and I wanted to end the opioid crisis, and I wanted to get out of the forever wars. And instead, I woke up this morning, and Marsha Blackburn, uh, the Republican senator, was tweeting, "End the government funding of crack pipes." So I guess that's where we're at now. But at least the Republicans are generally against the government funding of that's the crack true. pipes. They're not accusing the other side of not giving the crack pipes. I mean, they're the real crackophobes, right? We're not really, we're not really at a very high bar here, uh, are we? When uh, saying no to crack pipes is like a brave stance, 
Uh, yeah. we, we've fallen just, just a little bit, I have to say. Uh, all right, I'm sure she's been canceled by CPAC since she tweeted that. The so. fact that Marsha Blackburn is a senator just in general is a, is a sickening thought. If you've watched her career and where she came up from the House, uh, she's kind of a clown show, but uh, she's a U.S. senator now. Uh, all right, now let me uh, play the rest of this. He says that clean needles, pipes, and outreach are evidence-based approaches that work. It is critical. This is life-saving measures. A holistic harm reduction program is more than just needle exchange and cooking kits. It's about policy and advocacy. It's about street outreach. It's about case management and getting people into homes. And it's about peer recovery, counseling, and education to educate those clients in safe use, but also ways and forms of recovery. According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the harm reduction grant program will benefit nonprofits and local governments to make drug use safer for those struggling with addiction, prevent deaths, and reduce health risk linked to drug use. The safe pipes are, are uh, to keep people uh, from spreading uh, other harmful diseases uh, around the community uh, and to other clients. Uh, mm. And so those safe smoking... Was this because COVID? Is that are, how they got this uh, through? Help to design the spread of harmful... A disease. Your personal crack selling or distributing drug paraphernalia is against the law. There's an exception if authorized by the government. And at the end of the day, experts say the goal is to aid the treatment and recovery of addicts. Alicia Barrera, KSAT, 12 News. All right, Alicia Barrera. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to hit a pinata after hearing that name. She needs to bring me my salsa and queso ASAP. But, um, you know, now I want sauce in case I've played myself. Um, but uh, what, first off, where are the Democrats headed for the fall? we got more topics, obviously, in the political arena. But uh, I think they're headed for a, a bad a bad outing, uh, honestly. What do you think? Are they going to steal one? I think that, you know, they have uh, a whole lot of voter fraud going for them. I still do think the Republicans have a very good chance of winning a majority. But when the Republicans are owned and operated by Israel and – you know, what are we voting for? We're voting for the continuation of this succession of Walmarts in which uh, Nigerians and Ecuadorians uh, flood into our country to work at these extremely non-aesthetically pleasing strip malls. Um, and we're voting for giving money to Israel and we're voting to uh, have Wall Street finance continue to rule over us. Um, the Republican Party has become subverted beyond recognition. Um, it was never truly, I don't think, on the side of the people, neither were the Democrats, I think. But uh, at this point, both parties are subverted beyond, um, possibly beyond a political solution. Well, I don't like to think that way, but uh, it really looks like it's hard to see a light at the end of the tunnel uh, a lot of days. I'll, I'll say that uh, for a lot of different reasons, and just almost every aspect of the country just completely sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you know what I mean? I, I don't think that that's hyperbole, really. And a lot of people feel that way, too. Uh, like, you just see it. Nobody's really confident in what we have going on. I would say on either side, really. Um, I, I just don't see a lot of positive thought about the country. Go ahead, uh, Super Joe. Follow the money sent $3 correct pipes by Pfizer. Also, thank you, Patrick R. Justice. Many blessings in your crusade. <laughs> there we go. Uh, also, I need to check. I think I might need to redirect. I'm not sure if the killstream.live slash entropy is going to the right place, so uh, I'll look into that. But why don't you talk about this story here? I'll read the headline. University that funds Biden's think tank and hosts factcheck.org 
which is an interesting little tidbit there, has contract with BioNTech, gets paid for vaccine sales and FDA approval. Uh, yeah, that's right. Go ahead. Joe Biden has a think tank, which I know comes as a surprise to many people. And um, he has a, a think tank that's basically similar to the Clinton Foundation. And it's one of these very sleazy outside groups. There are top ranking officials in his administration who came directly from what they call the Penn Biden Center, which is basically a Democrat super PAC. It's Joe Biden's organization. Joe Biden was paid over $900,000 to run this organization by the University of Pennsylvania. The University of Pennsylvania funds it with their general funds. And then I found out and I published the documents proving that there's a massive amount of money, potentially in the billions of dollars, uh, coming from BioNTech um, uh, for the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. So every single time they sell a Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine, uh, the University of Pennsylvania gets milestone payments, meaning they get more money the more the vaccines get sold. And they also get milestone payments every single time the FDA authorizes and approves uh, one of these Pfizer-BioNTech vaccines. That also happens to be true with Moderna. The mRNA technology was um, University of Pennsylvania technology, and so they made this deal in 2018. Uh, you might say, well, 2018 was a little bit before the coronavirus broke out, and I would say yes, but uh, that was uh, well within the period that they were doing the experiments, the gain-of-function experiments at the Wuhan lab. Uh, the Wuhan lab, which was uh, being funded by the National Institutes of Health, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and for years they were doing these gain-of-function experiments and then released the coronavirus, obviously, in my view, intentionally. And so uh, they made this deal, uh, the University of Pennsylvania and BioNTech, and they, there is a massive amount of money that is being piled up at the University of Pennsylvania to fund the Penn Biden Center. And after Joe Biden is done being president, he gets to go back and just sit on that Scrooge McDuck pile of vaccine profits. It is a conflict of interest that is staggering. It's impeachable. It's criminal. And it's something that uh, should obviously be plastered all over the news if we had a real news um, or if we had even a real conservative media. What, what you have to realize is because the conservative movement now is owned and operated by Israel, you know, they are designed specifically to be controlled opposition and they're designed specifically to go after people like me and people on the America First side. And so I think that's why it's more important than ever when we get down to AFPAC to make alliances and make sure that, um, you know, we can really compete against these conservative ink people because they are uh, just as much against us as the left. No question about that. Now you are going to be at IPAC from what you're saying there. Oh, yes, yes, 100%. yes. Now, how did you stumble upon this story or get the lead on it in the first place? Or, I mean, without, you know, revealing too much, but. I have top-level sources uh, I have for a long time. You know, I, I was a reporter in Washington, D.C. for about a decade, and then I was involved in the Trump 2016 effort and got many, many sources during his transition period, and I cultivate sources. I talk to people. I talk to whistleblowers. There's this trend now in conservative media. I was dealing with it today. When a whistleblower comes out, the conservative movement will send a manager or a handler or a, a publicist to um, handle uh, what uh, the whistleblower is allowed to say. Um, and so that is, you know, they're, they're very afraid uh, now that we are showing the world that this was a pandemic, that this scamdemic was planned. Um, they had all their bases covered. The oligarchs have made a massive amount of money on it, all the while subjugating and robbing humanity blind. And I think if, uh, if people don't realize that at this point, uh, well, then they just have to wear their poop-filled diapers. And make no mistake, there's feces in these in these 
face diapers that they wear. There's fecal matter. Um, and there lots of it, actually, and uh, many other bacteria in these kinds of masks. So uh, it is a very disturbing thing to see. Um, it's a disturbing thing to see. And you'll hear these conservative influencers. I guess the whole conservative movement now is just about catching shoplifters at Walmart on behalf of Walmart, right? Some guy is, you know, stealing some stuff and then, oh, this granny is going to go confront uh, the guy, right? That's what they all cheer on. Even though Walmart has ruined this country. I mean, Walmart has ruined small town America. I mean, almost completely. They've, they've devastated it. In addition to the Sacklers with the pharmaceuticals, um, they've destroyed this country. They've destroyed the Midwest. They've destroyed everything that was good about this country. And so what the hell do I care if people steal from Walmart? The supply chain crisis is being caused by China. The boxes are not coming off the ships because of the Chinese owned shipping companies. The Chinese control our supply chain right now and they're, they're starving us. And so this is, uh, and by the way, China gives uh, a ton of money to the University of Pennsylvania, and that goes into the fund for the Penn Biden Center. Uh, Tony Blinken, who's now the Secretary of State, was the managing director of the Penn Biden Center. So I'm, I'm happy to see that some congressmen like Matt Gates and Paul Gosar are uh, want an investigation into this. However, you know, we all know that uh, Republicans seem to be um, interested in writing strongly worded letters. Um, but, you know, w when you see something like this, uh, this is truly criminality on another level. Um, now, what are the regulations about what he just has to not run it while he's president, right? And they can just turn over the keys to him afterwards, right? Or like, what, what are the regulations behind the money side of it? Uh, and by the way, it's so, really easy. If you know what you're doing in campaign <laughs> finance law, uh, you can do almost anything you want. But uh, anyway, you can tell it better than I can. But He, he made a ton of money uh, from this right before he ran for president. And then when he announced his campaign, he said, well, I'm going to step away from this Penn Biden Center. His cronies still run it. Um, it's a think tank for his administration, develops his policies. And then I imagine that when he ceases to be president, um, unless he is dead from his crippling Alzheimer's and dementia, then he will lord over this money again. But because of the confidential the nature of the settlement um, and because the University of Pennsylvania, according to one person I talked to, literally is just stealing money um, from their own programs. Uh, it is uh, it's definitely it's it's a windfall and it is funding and it's fueling the Biden machine. So um, even this war with Russia is getting cooked up at the Penn Biden Center and by people who worked at the Penn Biden Center. So I guess that's funded by Big Pharma, too, just like everything else in our society. Now, where do you think that's going now that you brought that up? And I don't even think I had that on my list. I should have. But, uh, uh, you know, they've talked about an imminent invasion for like a month now. Uh, and now they're saying maybe really it is going to happen. I don't know. Um where do you think that's going to break? Are the, are, are the Russians really going to go in? Or I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of conflict. Um, I, the Americans are, and when I say the Americans, I'm talking about the regime, the Sleepy Joe regime, fanatically obsessed with trying to take out Vladimir Putin, both neocons and neoliberals. Uh, worldwide Zionism has an interest in taking out Vladimir Putin because they hate nationalism. They specifically hate Russia. Um, it dates back to when Tsar Nicholas didn't want the Rothschilds controlling all, all the banking over there, so the Rothschilds funded the Bolsheviks to start the Russian Revolution, um, and then after the fall of the Soviet Union, as the years went on, Putin rose and it became a nationalist country again. Um, well, a nationalist, um, non-communist country, I suppose. Um, and so for whatever reason, they just really hate him. They hate that he has oil. Uh, they hate that um, they, they, they just despise him and they want white people in Russia to kill white people in Ukraine. That's straight out of the Rothschild playbook. All right. Now I'm going to go ahead and um, 
and do this. By the way, they fixed the the chat on uh, Odyssey on uh, mobile looks a, a lot better, and they told me that, but I just now looked real quick on my phone, uh, and it does look better. So shout out to them. Um, all right, now let's see. We have some other stories here too. Uh, Pence. Now you are you're a guy who I see go off on Pence quite often. Um, what is his first off? Uh, I don't know what he thinks he's, his future is really in the Republican Party. It's always comical when I see him talking about running for president or something like that. I'm like, why would you do that? I'm, that might even be dangerous for for his safety. Like, I don't know. He doesn't seem very popular in the Republican Party at all. Um, was there ever I, – I don't know. I, I, I'm a guy who thinks Pence was kind of just not the right call necessarily uh, from the start. He served a purpose, I guess, in certain respects, like that steady hand there as vice president. But he was always going to go with the establishment at the end. There, there was no way he was going to, like, pull the trigger on the on the, on the the Pence option. Uh, and he was making excuses about it the other day. Uh, and I saw you wrote and talked a little bit about it, so I was going to tee that up for you as well. What do you think about Mike Pence? To me, he's kind of just emblematic of, like, Republican establishment. Uh, he uh, could have played the Pence card. He could have yeah. chosen not to certify that fraudulent election. He chose to go along with the establishment. He was always in bed with the Koch brothers. He was always in bed with some of the most sinister forces in our society. I'm not believing his holier-than-thou act. Uh, he's not going to go to heaven because think about how many children have died from the injection. Um, how many? Uh, think about all the chaos uh, that has gone on with our economy and our open borders. Think about all the kids getting raped and trafficked into this country under Joe Biden. And, and uh, Mike Pence chose to uh, side with the globalist establishment in the New World Order, as I often knew that he would. I think at this point, the only person left in his corner is Alyssa Farah, that idiot. Um, check the early life on that one uh, on Wikipedia. Um, and <laughs> so they're, they're trying to astroturf Mike Pence. They're trying to astroturf Nikki Haley. They're trying to astroturf Mike Pompeo. Um, and ultimately uh, present, and see, this is one of the things they do. They present Trump as the most right-wing possible option. Um, and so if you say, well, let's get somebody you know more right-wing than Trump, let's get somebody who isn't going to be run by Ivanka and, and Jared uh, and somebody who's going to build the wall. If you suggest that, and I'm not necessarily saying that, but if you suggest that, then those, you know, it's, it's like out of the question. It's like they must present Trump as the most right-wing uh, option, even though, you know, at the end of his presidency, he marched the people down to the Capitol and, you know, he said, we're going to go down to the Capitol and, and those people are rotting in jail right now. And I'm in communication with some of them and they're being tortured like you can't even believe. They have African prison guards there who barely speak English and they told these African prison guards. That's the norm guards, in that area, by the way. Yeah, go Yeah, they're, 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 these people are white supremacists and they beat them and they torture them and it's torture like you can't even imagine. And it's the same thing Julian Assange is going through when he stuck his neck out for Donald Trump. So, you know, we need to have real questions about what the Republican Party even is at this point. Um, because is it just um, this um, organization that takes all of these very nice older people, the demographics of the Republican voter base are older, um, nice older people who have 401ks, who have social security, and um, try to convince them that there's still political options, and try to convince them that the Nigerians who are replacing us are better than their no-good grandkids who are sitting there eating avocado toast, right? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps instead of eating avocado toast. Meanwhile, social security has bankrupted this entire country, and I'm paying their social security, by the way. I work for a living, and I'm paying their social security, and they'll say, we paid into it. Well, you paid 
what, you know, 6.2% of your income over the years to the government. What did you do that for? That money's gone. That money's completely gone now. And so the social security program's bleeding us dry. And yet the Republicans still won't say, Hey, maybe we should go for Medicaid. Maybe we should go for something that can actually pick people up. Did you know that poor white people represent the, the biggest group uh, of wealth of, uh, of um, Medicaid recipients in this country? And yet the Republicans will always try to cut it. They will never want to expand it because they'll say, Oh, that's socialism. And they'll get people with 401ks to say that's socialism. But we're not talking about the socialism of Medicare. We're not talking about the socialism of social security, which is bankrupt at this country, trillions upon trillions of dollars. And China has bought up all that debt. This country has gone very, very, very wrong. And we are now rapidly being replaced by the entire third world. There's migrant waves that are coming in here. And the Republican Party is going around acting like every single one of these people is going to be Henry Ford. And they're going to set up a nice little taco stand or a nice little diner and, and get spicy food, you know, serve spicy food to people. And it's um, it's truly a historical collapse. I mean, the fall of Rome wasn't this bad. Um, they weren't wearing poop masks on their faces uh, during the fall of Rome. Um, so if we don't get serious right now, uh, things are going to be lost very, very quickly. And really seems to be deteriorating faster than, than I would have expected really. Um, yeah. and it's, I've said this, I said this before the election, but uh, I still believe it now. It's only going to take, I don't, I'm not saying I want it to happen cause I really don't. Uh, but I mean, just one like tinderbox type event, uh, and things could get really bad. Like, I don't know. I, it would probably be a false flag against well, us. Well, very well could be. I mean, they've been hyping that up as the new terror threat, you know, white yeah. supremacy, quote-unquote, domestic terrorism. Uh, and, yeah. of course, you know, these agencies have a lot of motivation to to just hype up whatever they're fed because it, their budgets, right? They want to keep their money. They want to keep their um, political turf and, and all that. Um and you know, I was watching. I just happened to have the TV on earlier, uh, and they were it was NBC, and they were like the two hundred and thirteenth person from the January sixth insurrection has pled guilty. The biggest uh, you know federal sting of all time. Uh, you know that's how they talk to the normies, right? Like, I mean, I don't listen to that shit on a day to day basis, but yeah, uh, you turn it, you turn it on every once in a while, you're like, oh, okay, well, this is what uh, this is what they're hearing, right? Uh, I, and you can comment on that too. And I got another one from earlier. I mean, they're trying to disqualify Madison Cawthorn, who I make fun of all the time. Actually, they're saying they have the right to disqualify him from running. For re-election in the House of Representatives because he participated in an insurrection uh, is what the Board of Elections there in, in North Carolina. Now, I don't know if they'll actually do it, but they're saying that they have the power and they'll investigate it. Um, I mean, this is like, you know, system-breaking shit pretty much if, if stuff like that starts happening. But anyway, go ahead. Well, they pick a control mechanism and they go with it. The coronavirus is a control mechanism to inflict authoritarianism, the so-called Great Reset, as Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum called it. And then January 6th is their pretext to run all of their programs that they already had planned and that they had already designed, as I proved, um, to target white people in this country who are conservative and label them domestic terrorists. And as the Department of Homeland Security is now doing um, – uh, going after independent journalists uh, like myself and saying that somehow we have, uh, I'm not even going to say anything because all this stuff is getting recorded, but, yeah. um, but you know what I mean? But the, uh, the whole, the whole thing is um, it's gone off the rails. And I think that um, 
that at this point, the Republican Party is in the pocket of Israel. Israel obviously is not a friend to the United States, certainly not our greatest ally. And so the um, the conservative movement, um, I, I really don't know what it is that they're doing for us. I don't know what it is that they um, expect us to, why do they expect us to support them? Um, it's they, they serve a few people. They serve Paul Singer. They serve a few people on Wall Street. And then they astroturf all of these minority, homosexual, women, uh, Israeli uh, influencers in order to control the talking points and make sure that nothing goes off the reservation. They don't do anything about censorship. Meanwhile, they hate Gab, the only truly free speech platform. So I think if you look at what Andrew Torb is doing with Gab, that, you know, building a parallel economy, I mean, he's, he's a real visionary and, and I really enjoy talking to him. Um, he's a visionary. He wants to build a parallel economy, wants to build a parallel media, wants to build counties where we have a, a political voice. And hopefully, you know, as we get older and, some of the people who are in charge right now who are 90 years old, 100 years old are no longer around. Um, we could move in a situation of a national divorce. Um, I don't know if the Republican Party at this point, as subverted by Israel as it is, is going to be any kind of mechanism for a political solution for us. Yeah, I'll say that uh, Torb is one of the guys who's really impressed me over the years. Uh, and he's also uh, a survivor, and he's been through a lot of shit, and people try to take him down for years, and he's had different battle plans. But his main plan has always been, you know, expanding Gab uh, through any any means necessary and withstanding whatever blow necessary. Uh, and the guy's kind of a legendary figure to me at this point, honestly, and with all the stuff he's working on even now, like every single day, Gab pay and all this other stuff, uh, which I need to talk to him about too, actually. Um but, I mean, to me, the guy is, is kind of one of the heroes. Yeah, I think that that's fair to say at this point. And I haven't always been, you know, I've had some critical things, and I'm sure he had some critical things. I'm not sure. I saw he's had some critical things to say about me in the past. Uh, but, honestly, I've gotten on his team, basically, at this point, uh, the last year or so, because he's just been killing it, actually. Uh, so, yeah, I'd have to echo that about Torba um, times 100, really. Uh, and Gab is very functional, and there's a uh, – pretty robust community I don't, I don't like that word too much but uh on there now right um and i know sometimes people used to complain back in the day if you're not on there now i know one of the complaints used to be oh well there's nobody there there's no interaction that's not the case now there's plenty of interaction on gab so uh, definitely get on gab i'm on there uh, at the ralph retort the same as the as the twitter handle uh patrick's on there too what's your handle on gab Patrick reports. Patrick reports. All right, there we go. Uh, now, the freedom movement, uh, can we talk about this stuff up in Canada? Uh, yeah. Because speaking of heroes, uh, honestly, I guess they shut down the um, entrance from Detroit uh, into Canada uh, today or yesterday. Uh, I'm not sure, but they basically have just been holding the line against the Canadian government um, and against every single thing they can throw at them. Um, and being called Nazis and everything else, um, Trudeau in particular going really hard at him. He saw, well, not hard enough to stay in the capital. He fled the the capital, which I still can't understand. But uh, what are your thoughts on on what's going on up there in Canada and and with Trudeau? It's a beautiful thing to see, and I think that it's an example of what needs to happen. Uh, the people realizing that there was not a solution at the ballot box necessarily, um, or there's not a solution through the channels of mainstream news, mainstream information, mainstream politics, 
and going and occupying the capital city. Justin Trudeau has fled. Um, he's uh, he went into exile, and I, I no longer recognize him as the head of state. I think the hunkocracy has taken over, and the truckers have successfully occupied the capital. I want to see that continue. Um, the Ottawa police chief, who used to work for Deloitte, he, he was born in Jamaica. He worked for the police in Toronto. Then he worked for Deloitte, which actually is the company that produced the vaccine tracking system for the CDC and also in Canada. And then they placed him as the uh, police chief in Ottawa. Um, and so he's one of these globalists stooges and so they're trying to starve these people they're, they're making it illegal to bring fuel in uh they're setting up barricades and they're trying to force them out they're using what they call the surge and contain strategy whatever that means but so far the truckers have been able to hold the line and i've seen a lot of video footage of the police backing up being unable to break the trinker the truckers ranks because what the truckers did was they strategized uh, they planned this out ahead of time they planned out how they were going to uh, lock down the city and not the kind of lockdown that trudeau and the globalists did um, for, for so long uh, during coronavirus, but a joyous lockdown, um, a great lockdown. And so uh, we have to stand with them 100%. And I think it would be very demoralizing if they lost. But it, this is something that's inspiring people. And it's something that hopefully we will see more of in other countries in the years to come. Well, they've done, I'll try to find the video. We played it, uh, I think it was on Tequila Center yesterday, well, t- yesterday or today. Um, but they're, they're flat out saying, like, you sh- they should take their kids away. Uh, well, was some, I'll see if I can find the clip. I don't know if I have it on me. Um, basically, that uh, if you're part of this protest, your kids, you know, maybe we should uh, investigate maybe uh, taking them away from you, uh, which was, I mean, Pretty startling thought, uh, but I mean, not that shocking, I guess, uh, if you really think about it, because that's just the next step, right? That they're just going to come and take your kids away. That's uh, what they want. They want right. to uh, take the kids and they use the child protective services agencies here in America to do so, and then they sex traffic the kids. And this has been going on under the watch of Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi actually rents office space, personally rents office space to the San Mateo chapter of First Five, which was designed by Dr. William Ayers, a pedophile who would molest kids in his doctor's office, and the CPS human trafficking thing. And in California, they don't put out Amber Alerts for foster care children. They just report them all as runaways. And so the Child Protective Service is um, uh, agencies put them into foster care, and then foster care is the pipeline into worldwide sex trafficking. So the one thing America is exporting at great numbers nowadays, actually, is children to be molested in other countries. Well, <laughs> that's one way to close close the uh, trade deficit, I guess. All right, now, sorry, I couldn't resist. Uh, Joey Jojo sent $3. Our politicians have been actively managing America's decline since Obama. This country is shittier than some third world places I've been. I mean... Especially the infrastructure aspect, it's really bad. I know I don't hate to sound like, you know, some bleeding heart or whatever. It's really bad, though. Like, I mean, it's it's terrible, actually. The roads and most of the airports. I mean, you might come across the, the odd one here or there that's been remodeled recently or whatever, but most of them are really bad, really terrible. The roads are too small. Like, 95 in particular serves, like, I don't know, three or four more times people than it's supposed to, so it's always jammed. There's always fucked up wrecks going on. Like, it's just uh, fucking trash. All right, here we go. Oh, please Dick's don't publish. <laughs> please don't publish this. Okay, well, sorry. I'll take it down real quick. Thank you, man. All right, now, thank you for the support, though. There goes another one. 
At Gay Pangolin on Twitter sent $3. Thanks for the follow. Can't abort. Killstream worldwide. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Also, there was one over here on Entropy. Uh, Mark Hansen says, Patrick is awesome. It just seems uh, it just seems that unless we do a national divorce soon, we'll be too weak to do anything 20 years from now. We'll be too flooded by the third world. What do you say? Yeah, 100%. And when we talk about national divorce, we need to nationally divorce from the institutions. I want to see a financial collapse in this country because BlackRock, do you know what BlackRock is doing right now? BlackRock, which controls trillions of dollars in assets. Check the early life on the on the head of BlackRock, by the way. Um, so what they're doing, and Ben Shapiro, of course, is defending this, they're buying everybody's houses. And so all of these baby boomers are selling their houses and they're, and they're thinking, well, I got a 15% increase um, over the value that I would have uh, gotten anyway. Oh my God, you know, this is so great. And then they go move to a condo in Florida. Um, these houses are going to become Section 8 housing. These uh, houses are going to, I mean, you're not even going to be able to rent a room in your own old house that you owned. 10 years from now, there's going to be, you know, uh, Saudis in there. They're going to pack Nigerians in there. Um, and this is truly a transfer, a transformative uh, program to ruin the suburbs, get rid of the suburbs completely, and um, invade the last areas where there are majority white um, areas. Now, uh, BlackRock is not the government, even though they're more powerful than the government in some ways. Um, they're private, you know, whatever you want to call them at this point, mega hedge funds, asset storing, I mean, just big pile of money, basically. They're a big pile of money, right? And um, these kinds of things on, on Wall Street, um, they have gotten, they have collected so much of this fiat currency, and they have given so little uh, to the people. Um, and, and now, at this point, the people are so weak that they think that they can just uh, put fecal matter masks on their faces, and the people will believe it because they believe the propaganda box that's been put in these people's homes. If you take a step back and you look at this in a historical context, and you look at everything that's happened in America since World War II, since the television age, and you look at it in a historical context, you're watching a parasite destroy a, the greatest economy in the world, Henry Ford's economy, which was built on First of all, the gold standard, okay? Money actually being worth something, being backed up on something. It was based on American business owners being entrepreneurial, starting their own businesses here in this country and employing people here, ma manufacturing products here, both to serve our people and to export those products and having a sense of national pride and a sense of Christian ethics and duty to family, for instance. And all of that in every single way has been destroyed by a certain parasite. I believe worldwide Zionism is one of those parasites, though it's not the only one. Chinese communism also happens to be one. And these parasites have uh, degraded our entertainment to make it as degenerate as possible to destroy the family unit. They have used child protective services to uh, kidnap the kids. They have used their talking box, their propaganda box, um, to uh, subvert the minds of people in this country to get them to do what they want. And they have uh, put forth a system of debt-based finance, including Reagan, right, Republicans. Both parties have, have been complicit in this. That gives the central banks basically total control over our country. Um, and what they are doing specifically is they are being mo as malevolent as possible to us by opening our borders and flooding our country with mass migration in order to get rid of the white majority and change our demographics forever. And so make no mistake, through subversion, America has been under attack for the past few decades, and both parties have been complicit in it, and we are now seeing a point where the global
globalists feel that they are in such control that they no longer need to pander to us. They no longer need to cater to us. They can simply say, put on your feces face mask and people will do it. And that's a sad thing to see. So censorship is an enemy. But if we continue to support Gab, if we continue to support the freedom truckers, if we continue to support people who are on our side, we can move in the direction of a national divorce, not only from uh, a corrupt government, but from all institutions that have parasitically destroyed Western civilization. Very well said, sir, I have to say. Um, And just, and I know, you know, this is not necessarily an original thought, uh, but um, just, it doesn't seem like we're all in together anymore. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that it always did, right? There's been strife and stuff like that before, but it seemed like, you know, if the shit really hit the fan, we could probably pull together, uh, maybe put on one of those, you know, uh, American style moments or, or or what have you. I don't I don't feel like there's any of those moments <laughs> recently, right? Or on the horizon, uh, and even the military, which used to be respected, is now kind of uh, not seen in the greatest light either. And you know, I think we need to do what we need to do to say so. that we hope Vladimir Putin has the best of luck. And I'll put it that way. I don't want to put it in terms that they can uh, interpret as me being treasonous because I believe they're treasonous. I believe that they're the Sleepy Joe people are an illegitimate regime. Um, but I, 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 I hope Vladimir Putin has a really good year. And uh, I hope all of the American athletes lose at that awful uh, Olympic Games that they're doing over there in Beijing, China. Well, they're and not doing so hot. Celebrities get disgraced. And I hope that every single thing that they cling to in their awful, awful parasitic world that they've established, this this world that has poisoned us, poisoned our land, poisoned our air, poisoned our water, poisoned our economy. We have hyperinflation now. I hope that all of it uh, collapses. And I, I truly want revenge against these people. And that's what motivates me. I truly want revenge against these people for what they've done. Well, I can certainly understand that. And I, I used to not really be on that necessarily uh but i'll tell you what what happened during uh the covid bullshit uh not just to me but to a lot of other people on the way they played games with with people you know with life and death basically uh, and who could see who and who could get married when they wanted and couples who've been together 50 years had to die alone and uh, separate from each other um these motherfuckers need to um get what they deserve uh to be honest with you and i'm not that's not a threat or anything but they need to be in jail people need to be prosecuted there needs to be commissions into this like this thing and now you see these same people i see this uh you know i'll tell you in just a second william a 33 cent three dollars patrick howley the patrick howley featured on homo globo right wing watch that patrick howley let's fucking go they hate us because we name them USA, up, pointing finger. <laughs> pointing finger. But the, um, it's the, it's the medical analyst, one of the medical analysts on CNN, the, um, I guess she's Chinese, um, yeah. at least something. Leanna Wen. 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 You see, yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Well, now she's coming out and saying, well, she's the reasonable one after like a year or two straight of just being like, a full-on authoritarian, totalitarian about you know vaccines and mandates and shit masks and all this. Now she's like, oh, I'm I'm the learned uh, third way, representing the third way basically. And even though I was for restrictions before, now we need to ease up on them, and we can't be extremists and this and that. It's like, do they really think that people are going to forget what they did? And just say, oh, move on. This is like a lifelong fucking thing for me. I, I'll never forget what they did. Like, I, I don't, 
it's not possible for me to forget. Honestly, I wish I could in certain ways, but this thing, I, just the mental fucking torture they put people through with this shit, uh, I don't think is going away ever. Yeah. Well, conservatives in this country are being kept on the Goy plantation. Um, They're being told to cheer for the lady who stands up to the shoplifter because you're supposed to pay Walmart. Oh, it really offends them if a white if a white man eats without having to pay the financiers for the Chinese merchandise. Right? (laughs) Um, That guy shoplifting—that's accelerationist. That has benefited me more than anything that the um, that the conservative movement is doing. That's an accelerationist act. Um, If the banks fail, that is something that will accelerate this process if uh the united states loses to russia in a war that's something that will accelerate this if you know if if we do have a financial collapse that's something that will accelerate this and frankly if there's some kind of um anarchy movement for lack of a better word that ceases to recognize property rights um it would be an interesting situation on the one hand they would use it to send the blacks into the suburbs in order to try to take houses away from white people but if we were to live in that paradigm we could also get thousands of people together to say oh well i guess uh, this oligarch billionaire doesn't really own this land anymore maybe we'll all squat on this land don't we have squatters rights who says that china owns all of these acres maybe i don't uh, recognize that. And so we're going to have to get out of this right versus left paradigm that they use to control us. And we're going to have to start thinking about um, strategy and we're going to have to start thinking about unprecedented uh, strategies in order to counteract the control that these people have. Um, and so I, I really encourage people to go to AFPAC uh, and uh, talk to Andrew Torba and, and myself and some of these people and um, we will figure out what we're going to do. But uh, I'm going to tell you the America first movement, we're not going anywhere. Uh, we're the movement of Charles Lindbergh or the movement of Pat Buchanan, um, they can put as many Israeli uh, influencers out there and try to claim that they're America first when they're not. Um, but, you know, uh, these people have to pander to us to some degree because we're running the narrative. We're getting the information out there. We're on the side of the people. We're on the popular side. And so they have to pretend to be us in order to even exist. But, you know, we need to really start making moves because this country is going to be lost probably by the end of this year. It's going to be even unrecognizable from what it is now. All right, now let's see. There was, okay, yeah, there's one on uh, Odyssey. Uh, Epstein didn't says, Chinese National Offshore Oil Corporation Burisma partner arrested weeks ago and was Kazakhstan head of Intel and was prime minister during Biden vice, Biden vice presidency. Joe and Hunter Biden, Ukrainian state-owned oil and gas. Ukraine during USSR was source of 90% of Russia's oil output. We literally hijacked their oil. Uh, is what he said there. What do you know about that? Yeah, that's fascinating. You know, Joe Biden, Joe Biden actually met with the CEO of uh, Bohai Harvest RST, which is one of Sun Hunter's uh, BS little projects there. And Hunter and Joe went over there on an official state trip. And Bohai Harvest RST, which is a Biden project, invested in the China General Nuclear Company, which committed nuclear espionage against the United States. Um, All of the business deals that Joe Biden has done around the world, much like Bill Clinton, they're very, very similar. They're in the business of selling this country and selling access in order to make as much money for themselves as possible, and then they launder all of this money into criminal activities. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, um, the Biden crime family, I think, would be uh, more accurate there. Uh, Let's see, what else? We talked a little bit about Canada, um, crack pipes. Okay, we did talk about crack pipes. 
Justin Trudeau. I, you know what? I played this earlier, but I feel like I have to play it again. This is the absolute worst burn I think I've ever seen from one, or like actually listened to from one ambassador to another country. This is India's ambassador to Canada. I don't know if you've heard this uh, yet, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel like I do need to play it because it's that startling. Let me begin by saying that the Canadian Prime Minister who tried to advise us on how to deal with the farmers' protests last year and swore that Canada will be there to defend the rights of peaceful protests has run away from the truckers and others, even as we speak on the 30th of January 2022. They are rallying against vaccine mandates, inflation, supply chain disruptions, etc. So the fellow who was trying to give us advice, has actually gone into hiding. He has betrayed their trust. The saddest thing about betrayal is that it never comes from your enemies. It comes from those you have faith in. Some of the most poisonous people come disguised as friends and family. My motto has always been to protect the oppressed, even if he is my enemy. But I will never forgive the traitor, even if he is my friend. Wow. I mean, I, that's just like a devastating statement right there. I, I, first off, I wasn't aware that there was so much heat uh, between <laughs> between India and Canada, but uh, I guess I wasn't up to speed on that. But uh, shout, out to the, shout out to the ambassador there because I listened to that earlier. Somebody just happened to link it to me, and I had to play it again uh, for the podcast, gang, gang, because that shit – uh, was absolutely devastating. All right, let's see. Crack pipes. Oh, let's see. What else do I got here? We wanted to build a wall. Yeah, I had that too. Okay, here we go. Uh, I, I did want to bring this up too. Biden's DHS issues new national terrorism advisory saying if you post miss, dis, and mal information on social media regarding things like COVID-19 or elections, you are considered a domestic terrorist threat and you are subject to monitoring and action. This seems rather important. Mr. Howley, I, uh, well, I don't post misinformation, so right. this doesn't apply to me. Well, I don't eat. Well, I mean, you know, if it if it goes up to what CNN is saying is misinformation, I don't know, you know, or the State Department for that matter. Um, let me read this. The United States remains in a heightened threat environment fueled by several factors, including an online environment filled with filled with false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories and other forms of mis, dis, and malinformation. MDM. First off, somebody got paid to think of that. Miss dis and malinformation, aka MDM. Okay, <clears throat> the only MDM I know as an A after the, after the M there. But anyway, uh, MDM introduced and or amplified by foreign and domestic threat actors. These threat actors seek to exacerbate so societal friction to sow discord and undermine public tr- trust in government institutions to encourage unrest, which could potentially inspire acts of violence. <coughs> Excuse me. Mass casualty attacks and other acts of targeted violence conducted by lone offenders in small groups acting in furtherance of ideological beliefs and or personal grievances pose an ongoing threat to the nation. While the conditions underlying the heightened threat landscape have not significantly changed over the last year, the convergence of the following factors has, has increased the volatility, unpredictability, and complexity of the threat environment. One, 
the proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. Two, continued calls for violence directed at U.S. critical infrastructure, soft targets, and mass gatherings, faith-based institutions such as churches, synagogues, and mosques, institutions of higher education, racial and religious minorities, government, government facilities and personnel, including law enforcement and the military, the media, and perceived ideological opponents. And three, calls by foreign terrorist organizations for attacks on the U.S. based on recent events. Now, they have uh, another part here. It's a lot. My mouth's getting dry, but I'm going to continue. The prolifer- This is some of the key factors they list uh, contributing to the heightened threat environment. Proliferation of false or misleading narratives which sow discord or undermine public trust in U.S. government institutions. For example, there is widespread online pro- proliferation. of. Fa- they talk about it like it's weapons of mass destruction, by the way. There is widespread online prolif- proliferation of false or misleading narratives regarding unsubstantiated widespread election fraud and COVID-19. Grievances associated with these themes inspired violent extremist attacks during 2021. Malign foreign powers have and continue to amplify these false or misleading narratives in efforts to damage the U.S. Continued calls for violence directed at U.S. critical... Okay, we talked about those. Uh, Foreign terrorist organizations and domestic threat actors continue to amplify pre-existing false or misleading narratives online to sow discord and undermine public trust in government institutions. Some of these actors do so to encourage unrest, which could lead to acts of violence against the facilities, blah, 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 blah. Now, let's see. This is how they're responding. I think this is the part... Uh, where they talk about uh, monitoring people. DHS and the FBI continue to share timely and actionable information and intelligence with the broadest audience possible. This includes sharing information and intelligence with our partners across every level of government and in the private sector. We conduct recurring threat briefings with private sector and state, local, tribal, territorial, and campus partners. Huh. They remain committed to working with our partners to identify and prevent all forms of terrorism and targeted violence. DHS's Office of Intelligence and Analysis established a new dedicated domestic terrorism branch to produce the sound, timely intelligence needed to counter related threats. The department expanded its evaluation of online activity as part of its efforts to assess and prevent acts of violence while ensuring the protection of privacy. So, okay, yeah, that's an afterthought literally in their paragraph, by the way. While continuing to, while ensuring, excuse me, the protection of privacy, civil rights, and civil liberties. Literally the afterthought in the paragraph. GHS's Center for Pro- Prevention Programs and Partnerships, CP3, which they just stole off the basketball player shamelessly, provides communities with resources and tools to help prevent individuals from radicalizing to violence. In 2021, CP3 awarded about $20 million in grants through its Targeted, targeted Violence and Terrorism Prevention Grant Program. They also partner with local communities. Let's see. In 2021, DHS designated domestic violent extremism as a national priority area within its Homeland Security grant program, resulting in at least $77 million being spent on preventing, preparing for, protecting against, and responding to related threats. Uh, they also provided $180 million in funding to support target hardening. Let's see. DHS is working with public and private sector partners as well as foreign counterparts. By the way, keep in mind that they... <laughs> Very earlier in this same spiel that I know it's taking long to 
to read through, talk about foreign adversaries basically uh, encouraging this type of, of you know uh, activity, and then here they say that they're working with their own foreign counterparts anyway uh, to identify and evaluate MDM. Remember MDM from the beginning, uh, including false or misleading narratives and conspiracy theories spread on social media and other online platforms that endorse or could inspire violence. Uh, so, and then it goes on about risk mitigation against our cyber and physical infrastructure, uh, increased nationwide cybersecurity resilience. Now, to me, what I read there, and the reason I read through it all, I don't know, it's slightly tedious, but uh, that was kind of important stuff there, man. Like, I, that was probably some of the scariest shit that I've read uh, in the past couple of years about uh, what's happening now and what's what they're willing to say in public even. It's pro- they're probably up to twice or three times that in private, uh, as we've seen in the past with Snowden, et cetera, what's actually going on. Um, I mean, to me, that is that is a little frightening, the, the, the way they put that. Well, I don't think that applies to me because I don't post misinformation, Ralph. I post the truth. I don't know how anyone in the government could possibly uh, suggest that I would be posting misinformation on the Internet. I'm a simple man. I'm a humble man. I uh, post uh, the truth on the Internet. And I, um, you know, uh, I want to see – I have a very moderate view. I want to see uh, American manufacturing increase. I want to see our borders get closed. I want to see immigration be restricted. I want to see illegal immigrants get deported. I want to see um, our trade deals get uh, redone so that uh, Americans are actually benefit from them. And I want to uh, have a, a nice – life here in America. And I want other people to have a nice life here in America too. And it's too bad that a hostile regime has taken over of America uh, using the propaganda television box and using, I think at this point, just kind of like um, uh, they're deputizing people against each other. This happens in every authoritarian government. Happened in China during the Cultural Revolution, happened in Soviet Union, North Korea, etc., where, um, you know, they don't have enough forces, they don't have enough shock troops in order to defeat a unified citizenry. And so through propaganda and through uh, creating conflicts and other segments of our society like the unvaccinated like me pure bloods they're demonizing us and so they tell the vaccinated people oh go after the unvaccinated and if they see somebody not wearing a mask like me they will tell um the the mask people you have to go get them for the public good for the public health and so they're deputizing citizen apparatchiks against their fellow civilians that's the only way communism can ever be propped up is with the complicity of a vast cross-section of the citizenry and when that complicity begins to fail as it did at the end of the Soviet Union and in other places where authoritarianism has fallen, um, then they can't prop up the authoritarianism anymore. And the greatest threat to their um, oligarchy is truth and the free flow of information on the Internet, because that will is what will wake people up from the propaganda that they see on television. Yeah, and that's why they're furiously trying to stamp that out uh, as much as they can. And, and they've done it slowly. It's like a slow boil for the frog in the pot or whatever um, to not try to arouse people as much. Uh, by the way, I have to show this. I showed this on the main show, and I have the uh, follow-up from Entertainment Tonight. I saw you tweeting about it, so it gave me another excuse to show Heather McDonald. I don't mean to pr- Bouncing her head off of the floor here. And it is this really the only is, time a female comedian has say, ever made me laugh? This is the height of female comedy here, uh, <laughs> for sure. And she even pops her, she does the little pussy pop. But This is priceless, honestly, the way this whole thing goes down. She pops her pussy, then she 
says Jesus, she's Jesus's favorite or something like that. Uh, and then she immediately gets shown that she was not Jesus's favorite. Jesus's favorite, oh. excuse me. Uh, FC Denton says nobody ever mentions blue collar Joe Biden's brother, billionaire hedge fund manager. Yeah, blue collar Joe. Brag, I don't care, but I want you to know double vaxxed, booster, flu shot, and I'm going to be honest, I have the shingle shot too. And I still get my period. What? Yes. Traveled. Wow. Went to Mexico twice. Did shows. Now she looks like she went to Portugal. Hold on, I'll show her face here. Meet and greets. Never got COVID. Clearly, Jesus loves me the most. Seriously. So nice. So nice. This dude laughs so fucking hard. What? <laughs> that one guy. <laughs> like, that's him in the background. Hold on. Wait, I haven't seen. This is a longer clip. I haven't seen this one. Holy shit. I didn't realize that they had, like, that much extra after. Okay. COVID clearly... Jesus loves me the most. Seriously. So nice. So nice. It's not a stunt, no. Um, so I'm in the emergency room. I look weird. Oh, my God. I'm so, 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 so sorry. I passed out on stage. I got up. I did one joke, and I felt so dizzy. You can see my eye. I fell on my eye. Bitch, you don't even look as bad as oh I do. God. Are you kidding me? I can I can help you. Oh, it's so tough. All right, well, here's... I did see her eyes are, like, black now. This is the, this is the entertainment tonight. I, I want to say thank you for sitting down with yeah. us because we're just a few days since this very scary incident. And yeah. I know you're sitting here oh, wearing sunglasses. Yes. I had no idea. So no way. Who would go on air with sunglasses to cover up their black eyes? I, I can't imagine where she got the... Uh, like full black wow. eyes. When you have like trauma to the head, the, the vessels are so sensitive around your eyes, so that's what causes that. Well, I know we have the video we here. We do. I noticed that too. Yeah. This is just okay. on Saturday. Never got COVID. Clearly, Jesus loves me the most. Seriously. So nice. So nice. Uh. Oh. What is it like to watch that back now? It's very weird to see. It, I mean, it, it does look like it's part of the act, which, which people thought, you know, right. except that the, the thump was so loud. <laughs> that sound, you hitting the floor that hard, you fractured your skull. So yeah, they said you have a fracture in your skull and you causing some bleeding on the, the brain and had me on an IV and like, so I stayed there for two days. The second day they did another CAT scan and they said it's already starting to heal. Do you have any answers as to why this happened? I did eat, before, not right before, but I had a late lunch. Yeah, I was drinking water, but truly, yeah, all right. really you were don't know. Summer. I've never fainted ever in my entire life. What What is the next screen? I mean, it's, it, it is sore. Like, if yeah. I touch it right now, it's sore. So I'm just, like, putting ice on it, and I'm trying not to, like, they say don't, like, you know, be on your screen too long, which is a bummer, because I, like, love TikTok. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, can't watch TikTok on my phone. And they say not to drive for a while. And um, not Women should drink, not be driving ever. Which is also a bummer That's for true. me, but I'm going to follow all the rules. And... Just be careful, and my next show is at the end of um, March in Brea, 
So I feel that's going to happen. Okay. That's, I'm confident. Good. That's plenty of time. I'm grateful that I didn't have like 10 shows lined up right now because yeah. that would be difficult. So you're in some pain. You're taking Tylenol for the pain. Yes, okay. that's all. Yeah, okay. just Tylenol. Oh nothing else. Nothing stronger. I don't want to. Do you think? Okay. Think you'll feel at all nervous about? Okay, she. I mean, it's just like the Warren Commission. Like, what the fuck? She again? bounced her head off the floor. No, floor-like. I'm excited to. I mean, I had so much fun new material. I was. I had such a great show Friday night. I was really bummed. Like throughout the time that. No, I'm bummed. All right, anyway, she's still alive. Yeah. Uh, she's bumming me out. Yeah, she's bumming me. Wish she'd shut the fuck up. Yeah, I was going to say, how do yeah. they do three minutes straight on that? Like, I, Anyway, uh, Rand Dacroyd, go ahead. Can you hear me? You called in, so hopefully you can. Hey, yes, I can. Can you hear me? Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, what's up, man? Go ahead. You're on live with uh, Patrick Holly. Hey, Patrick. Um, just really quick, before I talk about the topic, um, my background is being a Trump staffer in 2016 out of the on the Trump data team, so... Patrick, I really appreciate you and all the love you send to the Trump people. And, Thank you. Uh, yeah, of course. And I recently worked as an election official in the state of New York, and I'm recently unemployed because I refuse to get the jab. And uh, I'm just going to hold the line on that. And hopefully a lot of other people will as well, ideally. Um, so tonight I just wanted to really talk about the uh, Madison Cawthorn thing basically what they're doing the state of north carolina believes that they're empowered to literally just remove him from the ballot in 2022 and there's very little precedent for that and if you want to i can talk about the history of the amendment real quick i'm not sure how deep you guys want to get into this sure i would actually like you to talk about a little bit um you know, don't stop on my account in terms of getting deep in the knowledge here. Uh, but yeah, I was honestly, I hadn't seen that they were trying to do that until earlier today. And I was startled because I was like, wait, they're claiming. So by there, this guy actually laid out the logic, John Avalon on CNN. So he said, even though Trump wasn't impeached, um, that there were a majority of votes saying that, um, you know, that he committed these acts, you know, of insurrection or whatever. Yeah, the uh, impeachment had the word insurrection in it, but the problem is that... Well, they're saying know, that that was enough. That's enough, basically. And since Cawthorn was there uh, and there was a majority vote, even though it wasn't, you know, enough for, for impeachment, full impeachment, uh, that that counts and they can say that he participated in, in, in an insurrection-type act, basically. Yeah, unfortunately, it's not really true because... No, it's not. At the at the um, federal and at the state level, they don't actually have a definition for insurrection or rebellion. And the problem with that in general is that now we have 50 states that think they can actually determine what an insurrection and a rebellion is. There used to actually be a federal process to determine this, but that was repealed after 1948. So there used to actually be a standard by which officials could be held to the Section 3 of Amendment 14 regarding this, but that's gone. And so states are just kind of setting their own precedent, which is really dangerous, honestly. Well, I mean, it, it, you could see a cascade effect uh, if that starts happening. I mean, first off, other states could do it too. Um, you know, Republican states could take out Democrats and vice versa, and it just seems like, um, I don't know, a, can, a whole constitutional can of worms there uh, to be to be opened up. But, uh, I mean, I don't know that they'll actually do it, by the way, but uh, I was startled that they were even talking about it, really. The problem is that, and I honestly, Ralph, I really agree with you. I think it's highly unlikely. 
because he's a sitting congressman. It's kind of a ridiculous thing to try to attempt. But believe it or not, uh, former North Carolina Supreme Court Judge Bob Orr is actually working on this case. So you have a Republican working on this case, as Patrick pointed out before, you know, they're not always our friends. And he's saying that there actually is precedent to remove people using the federal constitution, uh, uh, the section three of amendment 14 at the state level, remove people from eligibility to run for office, which honestly sounds ridiculous. I, yeah, it does sound ridiculous. But like I said, uh, I don't know. My thing is, and I'll let Patrick pick up after here. By the way, thank you for calling in on this. Uh, if you want to talk about it a little bit more, I don't want to cut you off. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought the whole thing was preposterous, but thank you for calling in. What were you going to say? Oh, no, just that I think that also, obviously, this goes without saying, but it obviously wasn't an insurrection on 1-6. We should be with those people. I mean, if that was an insurrection, I don't know what you even call what Antifa did after 2016 when Trump got elected. I mean, burning cars, burning D.C., 200 people arrested. That's an insurrection. Let's be real. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you calling in. Thank you very much. I'll be have a great night, guys. All right, you too, man. Um, I don't know if you want to follow up on the Cawthorn thing we talked about a little bit earlier, but... Um... I mean, it's just, um, I don't know. I don't think they'll actually do it. But, again, it's just one of those things where if we start going down that path, and, I mean, it's probably good uh, for those wanting to see the country split up. <laughs> Honestly, really, uh, because those types of things uh, start getting the trend, uh, and that, that is how you, you fast-track it uh, to some type of national divorce. You know, in many ways, Preston is out the window when you look around and you see normal people wearing masks with feces particles on their face and breathing that in all day. Um, But what we're going to see in the coming years is um, the emergence of social justice law. Um, And we've already seen it. Um, And so when you have all of these black power lawyers um, who are being created now, and you, when you have, um, so many uh, extreme leftists who are becoming lawyers and becoming judges, um, you are just going to see precedent being thrown out the window. Uh, I do think that the Democrats at some point will pack the Supreme Court, meaning add more justices to the Supreme Court. So, you know, Oprah and Lizzo and, and various <laughs> other um, women of color, strong, brave, powerful women of color oh, can shit. be on the Supreme Court. Look, in a, in a, in a larger sense, we know what's happening. We are being genocided. The white race is being genocided. It's happened in Europe. It's happening in the United States. And they will use every weapon at their disposal to try to wipe us off the face of the earth and get rid of the sovereignty of our countries while keeping everybody in a state of economic immobility, um, in a state of um, uh, being drugged up, uh, being drunk, being degenerate, um, being unable to afford anything, being essentially helpless, demoralized, uh, depressed, propagandized too. Um, they stoke that anger and they misdirect it. They direct it against their fellow citizens instead of at the people at the top of all of this. Most of the names of the oligarchs, most people wouldn't even be able to uh, identify. They couldn't be able to pick the head of BlackRock out of a lineup. So. This um, we know what's happening and and ultimately, and I'll just say it and I'll say it uh, proudly and openly that I I do believe that a national divorce and a divorce from all of their institutions is the only way that that can be saved, that that we can save ourselves because the conservative movement and the Republican Party is in the business of managed decline. They are consistently losing. They are consistently shifting the paradigm to the left, complaining about it, but still convincing 
people that there's going to be some kind of political solution when clearly there is not. When mass immigration is not stopped, when coronavirus tyranny is not stopped, there is no uh, political mechanism that the Republicans are using in order to protect us. And the reason for that is because they are subverted because they're owned by Israel. And Israel is not a friendly country. Well, they always look out for old number one there <laughs> in Israel. And it's not the United States. That's not the United States. Uh, actually, somebody just submitted this. Uh, you know, you're one of those guys, uh, I'd say, who really stuck out to me, who actually talks about um, the war on white people, honestly. Uh, and I didn't used to be necessarily one of those guys myself. Uh, but I've said this for years now, but you have to be just living in denial, basically, to um, not uh, accept and um, agree uh, that there is a concerted effort to shame white people, uh, to name them, to actually bring them down, make them feel bad about being white, uh, and to just like... Whether you want to, whatever connotation you want to put on it, uh, you know, who's behind it, whatever. I'm just saying, it's obvious. It's in the media every day. It's on our television. This right here, maybe not the biggest, but I mean, it's just like one more fucking thing. Some white people, some white people made shoes and they show the yellow thumb emoji for those listening on the podcast because it feels neutral. But some academics argue opting out of the white thumb emoji signals a lack of awareness about white privilege akin to society associating whiteness whiteness with being raceless. That's what they said. Now, it's a little bit of a listen. I'm probably not going to listen to the whole thing, but I do want to hear the first part just on what their thesis is. Also, I'm going to throw out the link if you guys want to call in. Cowtown Groyper's here. Actually, before I play that, I'll bring Cowtown Groyper on. What's up, man? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Just doing the kill stream with Patrick Holly, legendary guest here on the show. Yes, Patrick. Good to good to talk to you, man. A longtime fan. I've been following you on just about every Twitter account I've had, probably 30 or 40 of them. Thank you. I wanted to uh, see if we could pick your brain because I remember a specific thread. Uh, it was a long time ago. You had posted about Vegas and you went in depth about it. And uh, it was a lot of stuff that I had no idea about. And I don't think a lot of people listening would uh, really know about. I remember there was something about the Saudi crown prince or something like that. Um, but could you go over that possibly for us? Yes. Yeah, so what happened in Las Vegas with that shooting, it was a an attempted assassination on the Saudi crown prince, Ben Salman. And he was um, in Vegas. Somehow the assassination attempt went awry. They were using ISIS terrorists to try to kill him and take him out. And they and the Mossad was involved in this. And the Mossad, through Arnon Milchan, who's a Hollywood producer and also one of the top Israeli spy operatives, was involved in all of the stuff afterward in order to try to cover this up. But the Mossad was involved with this. The U.S. government and the FBI were, were doing some kind of gun deal. And... Um, what, what I do know is, and, and, and so it def- sort of defies logic, because there was there was some kind of uh, gun deal going on, and there was also an assassination attempt on Ben Salman. They were using a gun deal as a pretext to assess or a cover to assassinate this Saudi crown prince. And something went wrong, and the ISIS terrorists freaked out, and they felt that they needed some kind of diversion 
Um, and, and again, I don't know the full story, but I do know these details. I do know that the people who fired out of the um, Mandalay Bay, it was not Stephen Paddock. Stephen Paddock at that point was already dead. It was ISIS terrorists who were firing on the people, and they escaped. And that's what I know. And I know that from top-level uh, intelligence sources, and I know that shortly thereafter, uh, Trump sent a delegation over to Saudi Arabia, and at the time there was all this commotion. There were constantly like gunfights at the Saudi palace and stuff. There was a big power struggle going on because the, the bin Salman wing was taking power away from some other wing. And so it was middle East politics. I do know that ISIS was responsible for the shooting and that's what I do now. And I, I'm still working on, it. I'm actually working with Mindy Robinson, talking to her a lot and I'm working with some other people who are there uh, to try to put it together. Not that the official sources will ever, uh, admit to it at this point but it was a dangerous thing to find out about i think i'll, I'll put it that way uh and leave it at that uh, for the moment but um i do hope to find out more information about that but it definitely had isis involvement it had Mossad involvement and it was um a, a play to try to take out the saudi prince awesome yeah yeah appreciate that. that's a lot of info that uh, a lot of us don't get uh ethan can i ask him one more thing real sure quick? go ahead phil for Cool, cool. Um, Patrick, do you have any knowledge? I don't, a lot of people probably don't even remember that RV that like exploded. I believe it was in Nashville. Mm -hmm. Do you have any uh, like special intel on that? I don't, but I'm sure it was a false flag of some kinds. Um, all of those things are for the most part, almost nothing that happens like that is, is genuine. Um, you saw this so-called bomb threat that, and uh, Kamala's husband had to evacuate that school in DC the other day. Yeah, almost every, almost everything like that is, is fake. We covered that live, and they still, uh, as far as I know, I didn't follow up after, so maybe there's some article that says, but we were watching it live, and they weren't saying anything, like what what actually happened. I was like, this is weird. Um, yeah, I did notice that. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead, caller. Oh, yeah, no, that's about all I got, man. I appreciate it. Um, if everything works out, hopefully I'll be able to meet you two guys at the bowling event. So, yeah, looking forward to that. 100% April 2nd, Dallas, Texas. I'm psyched. I'm adding a, a marriage event uh, to the card as well. Uh, so it should be something that you've never seen before, this this live production here at the Bowling Alley uh, in Dallas, Texas. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about it. I'm, I'm commissioning some art. You'll be hearing more about that uh, next week as well. Uh, but, yeah, I'm pretty psyched. Patrick Howley, Alex Stein, Dick Masterson, RLTC. I'm assuming they get well. Uh, I saw they were dealing with some COVID stuff. I'm hoping they get well by then. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm still pretty excited about that. So thank you, man. I appreciate you calling in. Yes, sir. Take it easy. All right, you take it easy as well. Uh, now, uh, what is this? Hold on. First off, uh, well, let me play this first because I said I was going to at least a little bit. I just want to hear the first opening spiel from NPR. So a lot of times I find myself texting a friend. <laughs> Or yeah, messaging yeah. a coworker, and I want to reply with a simple thumbs up emoji. Oh wait! But it's penguins not. mad because I didn't play his thing. Well, I have to turn it off sometimes, or we can't um, hear the guests. So that's why I have to stop it every once in a while. Penguin sent three dollars. The Gusters wust black eyes. The new Ralph. <laughs> Are you superhuman? I must be. Black Phillip sent three dollars. Patrick, who killed Brandon Lee? Do you think? His death was no accident. The odds of being killed with a blank that way without any checks is astronomical. Do you think the triad did it to gain revenge on his father for bringing martial arts to us? 
I don't know about that. I, I do think that was a satanic sacrifice. I think the Brandon Lee thing was probably a satanic sacrifice, which happens all the time in Hollywood, by the way. XXX Temptation is an example of that. I believe that Mac Miller is an example of that. Um, a lot of these celebrity deaths, you know, oftentimes they will predict, like Tupac Shakur, I'm going to die soon. I'm going to get shot. And then, of course, they do. And so a lot of that has to do with the fact that when they, when they sign their record deals, um, they have to take the oath of the Baphomet. And this is all real stuff, by the way. They have to take the oath of the Baphomet when they sign their um, deals with um, the record executives, the record executives who are big supporters of Israel. And they, uh, a lot of these people do get sacrificed. Well, uh, I've heard some some deep satanic shit around the music industry. So I again, I'm not, I don't know all the all the inside stuff there, but uh, some Oswald shut shit would not uh, would not surprise me. All right, NPR. Speaking of satanic, that simple. Because there's not just one thumbs up option. There's the Simpsons yellow version, and then five different skin tone options. I use the brown one that matches me. I have some <laughs> friends who use the brown ones too, but they are not brown themselves. Oh, this no. confuses me. That's Sarai Cole from Berlin, Germany. Who gives a fuck? Penguin sent $3. Please shut him up. I like him. Why would I shut him up? Shut him up? What are you mad about tonight, Penguin? Why don't you call in and argue then? We got the link here. I would like to have that hosted. She's black and originally from California. She says she's not offended when a non-brown friend uses a brown emoji, but would like to understand why. I, too, have long been curious and a bit confused by the race politics of emojis. I posted about it on Twitter this week where I learned clearly this was not an isolated obsession. This is Heath Rosella in Littleton, Massachusetts. I am three quarters white, but I'm also a quarter Filipino. Rosella says he usually goes with the yellow emoji because it doesn't represent any specific ethnicity or skin tone. I present as very pale, very light skinned. And if I use the white emoji, I feel like I'm betraying the part of myself that's Filipino. But if so I, you use the Simpsons emoji instead. But if I use I a use darker the color dog emoji. emoji. Yeah. <laughs> which maybe more closely matches what I see Holy when I look shit, at my whole family. Crazy. It's not what the world sees, and people tend to judge that. Laura Johnson from Austin, Texas, says she used to think the yellow emoji was neutral, but then she started reading a book that made what? her rethink that view. In particular, Ijeoma Oluo and her fabulous book, So You Want to Talk About Race, she made me realize that our culture tends to default to whiteness and that yellow emoji is white. For other people... Wait, it's not, it's literally not white, actually. But uh, I will say a lot of times I would pick the yellow default. I pick the white one now, but uh, it would just be too hard sometimes to get to come up. So I just like pick the yellow one like there was now. And I still, I mean, also because the emojis themselves, like the smiley faces are yellow, right, as well. So it's sometimes you can be like, oh, well, it's the yellow thumb from the emoji figure, right? And it's not my actual yellow thumb. Anyway, this is more thought than they deserve. Depends on where the messaging is happening and who they're messaging with. Here's Jennifer Epperson from Houston. She identifies as black. I use the default emoji, the yellow-toned one, for professional settings, and then I use the dark brown emoji oh. for friends and family. Um, I just don't have the emotional capacity to unpack race relations in the professional setting. Skin-toned emojis first rolled out in 2015, so it's been a while, but since then, a seemingly easy choice has become somewhat fraught. 
Okay. I think we've heard enough. There's more to the report, like three minutes more. Uh, maybe I'll play it later after Patrick leaves. I don't know that I will, though, honestly, because <laughs> how did they even get a story out of this? Is this really something like a burning issue? Are they trying to start shit? Like, I mean, that's what it seems like to me. Um, like I said, I would just pick the yellow used to just because it was easier to pick. Have you ever thought about your emo- emoji usage or, or what it means about your, your racial politics? I have not. <laughs> yeah, I honestly can't say that I have either. Um, now, here's the, here's the, wait, there's a couple more. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Philadelphia Antifa member claims Freedom Convoy honking is a Nazi dog whistle. Uh, she's also a fat, fat right activist. Fat rights activist. Ah, surprising. Yes. Honk, honk equals HH equals Hail Hitler, she proclaimed. It's a very loud Nazi dog. By the way, I wouldn't have really thought of that until she mentioned that. It's a very loud Nazi dog whistle, uh, she says. Uh, let's see. For folks not in the know, honk, honk is the catch is the catchphrase of the honkler. The honkler. A rainbow-wigged Nazi meme that originated on 4chan as part of an attempted op to appropriate the rainbow from gay culture. She sounds kind of insane, sir. Honk honk equals a she sounds literally crazy. Imagine trying to tell this to somebody in real life and you're just like you Pepe Sylvia it out with all the drawstrings like it's that fucking crazy. All right. Was it yeah, a yellow thumb now a white thumb? <laughs> honk honk equals H H equals H equals H Hitler. Uh oh wait, they're trying to make me this is her here. I guess that's right. Man, I'm not signing up to your no-go zone. What the fuck is that? Um, okay, it's just some of her tweets. But, uh, let's see. Jury trial. Okay. Jury trial ordered for CNN's Don Lemon's sexual assault case. Remember when they said that was a joke and there was no merit to it and it would never go to trial? This is the one where he, I believe it's the one. Yeah, it's the one where he's accused of rubbing his balls in his dick and then, like, sticking his fingers in the guy's face and like giving him a whiff and telling him to take a bite in there. Uh, say what? That's all of his show, all of his shows. Right. That's well, yeah. That's, that's how I got to where he is. Uh, after two years of delays in which lemon repeatedly opposed a jury trial, instead asking for a bench trial in front of just a judge, lemon will face judgment for his alleged actions. I'm starting to think when I first heard this, honestly, I I did kind of think ah oh, there's you know maybe there's nothing to this who knows that sounds kind of wild, but the the longer this has went on it's been two years, I'm starting to think this motherfucker did do some like ball fuckery. I don't even know what the description would be, but something something's going on. Black Phillips sent three dollars. Gwen Snyder managed to take down some base Telegram channels through endless fetching. Four Chan was so mad they doxed her and sent twenty pizzas to her house. Rumor <laughs> is she ate them all. Oh boy! Oh, of course we don't support that. We don't support doxing's bad. Lemon put his hand down the front of his own shorts and vigorously rubbed his genitalia. Removed his hand and shoved his index and middle fingers. One of these, one of these maneuvers. Uh, his index and middle fingers into plaintiff's mustache and under plaintiff's nose. Reads the complaint. Lemon intensely pushed his fingers against plaintiff's face under plaintiff's nose forcing plaintiff's head thrust backwards as defendant repeatedly asked plaintiff, do you like pussy or dick? 
While saying this, Mr. Lemon continued to shove his fingers into plaintiff's face with aggression <laughs> and hostility. Uh, is how they described that. Um, uh, you're th- you have any thoughts on this um, <laughs> um, alleged assault here by Don Lemon? I think it's horrifying. I think that uh, Don Lemon has traumatized America with this, by uh, with the with the pussy dick comments and the sexual assault. And I believe he should be put in Gitmo. I think so too. The first boat off to Gitmo, he should be on it. Joe Rogan, one of the most popular podcast hosts in the world, despite a series of controversies, CNN Business spoke with a researcher who has studied his appeal to explain. Wait, is this real? Hold on. I don't know if I can. Let's see. Let's not get the opening spiel. Can we just skip? Okay, so I guess some of it's Rogan talking, right? Hold on, let's see. Let's see what the, what this guy says. Did they take the tweet down, or is it just not coming up? Hold on, let's see. Joe Rogan host. Okay, let's skip. No, we don't need it. There, here we go. Let's skip right to this guy. It's wildly popular. So the question is, why? I've probably spent hundreds of hours listening to Joe Rogan. Yeah, no, easily hundreds of hours. Gabriel Wisniewski Parks is a research fellow at UNC Greensboro who has studied Rogan's appeal. What makes him so magnetic to his audience is his very vocal resistance to tribalism. This is somebody who can have on his podcast Ben Shapiro and Alex Jones and have deep and interesting, meaningful conversations with them. And then in one other breath, he can have on Cornell West and Bernie Sanders and do the exact same thing. And this really resonates with people. And one other- Well, that might be why they don't like the motherfucker, for one. Uh, but anyway, I'm not going to play this whole clip. It's just a setup for me to ask you, what do you think about Rogan uh, in the Spotify situation? And we talked about it a lot this week, so I figured I'd get your take on it, too. Well, his apology was oh. just embarrassing. Let me stop uh, I don't really stop. watch his show. Maybe I'll see it if he has a good guest. Um, but, you know, the conservative movement, um, because they've surrendered so much of their power, now they cling to these celebrities who vaguely agree with them. So the likes of Kyrie Irving, uh, Nicki Minaj, Aaron Rodgers in the NFL, um, Joe Rogan, various Hollywood actors who say something conservative. These people become heroes to the conservative movement, even though, you know, we we don't necessarily want to stand with everything that they say uh, a lot of these people have been extremely subversive um but when you see rogan apologizing over the n-word thing and and just really um bowing down um to the outrage mob you know i don't i don't support that uh, you, you should never apologize obviously and it's um you know I, I don't think he's he's one of us but i don't know i don't i don't really watch the show very often i watch alex jones I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh until he died. Um, I'll catch Tucker every now and then. I usually only watch Tucker's monologue because I can't really do the guests that Fox has on from, but uh, the monologue is good. And and otherwise, you know, I, I don't pay all that much attention to, to influencers. I'm mostly working. So, um, you know, it's, it's just one of those situations. If you look at the conservative movement and how subverted it is, they are shilling for back the blue, even though the police are dragging moms out of middle school football games for not wearing a mask and they're just selling elevating of the prospect of putting us in gulags. They show for support our troops, even though the troops are just chomping at the bit to put us in FEMA camps. And meanwhile, they're going over there. Admiral Rachel Levine, previously <laughs> Dick Levine, now no Dick Levine, going over there <laughs> to try to uh, kill white Russians and uh, have another brother war between white Russians and white Ukrainians. Um, basically, everything that they say is um, 
for Israel and for big corporations like Walmart. I could care less if people shoplift from Walmart. If people want to bankrupt Walmart, you know what? Uh, I'm going to look the other way if you you're know shoplifting what? in the aisle. You mentioned you know? that earlier, and I saw a couple of people. I can't remember who it was on Twitter. I remember Dick responded to him, Dick Masterson, but I can't remember who it was. So I don't want to say for sure, but somebody was like, oh, this is what we should do. Go out there and stop them. If you see somebody stealing from Walmart, why don't you stop them? <laughs> Fuck, no, I'm not going to stop them. If they're stealing my shit, I'm fucking going to try to stop them. Uh, and it might end up bad, but uh, I'm not going to stop them from stealing Walmart shit. Why do I give a fuck what they run out of Walmart with? Walmart's been stealing from the American taxpayer from 30, for 30 or 40 years. Like, I give a fuck. Walmart has destroyed small business in this country. The entire country is a strip mall. Now, the economic damage and devastation that Walmart has done to this country is absurd. It's so far above and beyond any kind of benefit that people get from the convenience of having cheap Chinese merchandise. And now the Chinese are shutting down the supply chain. So how is this globalized economy working out? They rat-fucked Henry Ford and Charles Lindbergh and the America First Committee. And ever since the television age, they've just been putting this propaganda out there to prop up this system. And this system is failing right now. And it's failing so badly that they have to go hard with the authoritarianism in order to demoralize people. um, Because when systems fail, then anarchy breaks out. And they are, in some ways, they are losing their grip on power. And that's an important thing to remember. Um, though it seems like they're emboldened, it seems like they're all powerful. A lot of that is an illusion. A lot of that is being put out there by the media. They have big problems too, because the money is becoming increasingly worthless. And so um, in a situation like this, all through history, we have seen populist movements rise. And I think you're seeing that peacefully in Ottawa, Canada right now with the Freedom Truckers. It's an inspiring thing to see. So they have a lot of problems, the globalists, and the mad rush to push forth their authoritarian agenda as fast as possible now and to open up the borders and flood in as many migrants as possible. It shows that they are afraid of losing their grip. If there's a financial collapse this year, they very well may lose their grip because there's just no way to bail out these banks again. You can put debt on paper, um, you know, you can put numbers on paper forever and call it debt owned by China. It doesn't really matter at this point. America is bankrupt several times around the track. So they have problems. They have big problems. Well, and there's a lot of resistance, too. And and when you think about it, the resistance is actually fucking massive in the face of unrelenting nonstop propaganda and, yeah. you know, debanking people and no fly lists. We talked about Nick yeah. earlier. You know what I mean? Just fucking people's lives, calling them terrorists, shit like that. I mean, honestly, it's it's inspiring. And I talked about it earlier. Uh, it doesn't take much uh, looking into when you when you start seeing what's going up and on up in Canada uh, for it to be like just a super inspiring inspiring thing uh what they're doing up there we talk about white pill that's like the whitest pill there is uh and also i see black philip walmart for some imagine getting stabbed for trying to stop somebody stealing a carton of cigarettes out of walmart or something i can't think of a, a like a dumber thing to do and he mentions walmart used to be open 24 hours 10 years ago walmart was open 24 hours two or three years ago uh and at least here in richmond it was but ever since covid They've used that as an excuse to not have Walmart open 24 hours, which honestly, fuck Walmart. Who cares? But um, it was kind of convenient at some point, but uh, it's kind of emblematic. Services have been cut across the board, though, Uh, not just in something like that on airlines uh, and fast food. Everywhere they've been able to get away with cutting services they have during this COVID thing, and um, they're not going to come back. So um, that's that's my view. I mean, they've 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 cut. 
they've cut a lot of money out of their budgets and stuff that they're they're not gonna have to spend anymore. Basically, these companies and they're not it's not coming back. If anything, they're gonna find more money to cut, uh, more automation, et cetera, et cetera. You see, this trucker thing's probably got them shook. Uh, you know, they have the technology now to fucking automate trucking and, and all that stuff. Um, so I would imagine that might be a, a fast track type situation. <laughs> if, uh, if I was, uh, the scumbag powers that be or part of it, uh, that'd probably be right at the top of my list, fast tracking that, that type of thing. I don't know what you think about that, but, uh, aut- automation. I mean, we could talk about that real quick before I let you go. Uh, is that going to change the game? You know, that's kind of a whole separate topic from everything we mentioned, but it does feed into it, right? You talk about these truckers, you know, these, they have a lot of independence by nature their job and of course they own their own truck etc a lot of these people but you know um there there is a theory that that whole industry is going to be toast basically the next 20 30 years it's um they've already regulated it to death i mean and it's very very hard to get licensed and there's a lot of problems with it but automation in all sectors is uh driving a lot of despair and we're increasingly becoming a non-labor economy and so um truly the the oligarchs don't care about us they're taking everything they possibly can they're going as fast as they can uh blackrock is buying as many houses as possible and they're hiding behind these llcs and these front groups in order to buy people's houses and so they're buying up the property they're buying up the land bill gates is now the number one private firm landowner in america he is going to be controlling our food supply china is going to be controlling our food supply um, because they own so much farmland and so honestly in the long run if i don't have that many uh, words left to say for whatever reason uh, i hope i do um i'll say this i believe that fiat currency should fail i believe that this economic system should collapse i believe that there should be a national divorce and i believe that uh, these things are necessary because we for decades have been on a slow conveyor belt to genocide and now that conveyor belt is being sped up quite rapidly so we know what the end result of all of this is and the end result of this might happen even before the end of the biden presidency considering the um, massive problems that people are getting with these vaccines, which p- many people say give you something that is very similar to AIDS. Well, I've heard some of that myself, uh, actually. Uh, I'm very happy not to be vaccinated. You know, when I was coming back from Portugal, they have this document you have to fill out, and there's a whole section for your for your vaccine. And I was starting to get worried. I was like, no, they can't keep me from coming back. What the fuck? And then finally the guy asked me, I started to lie to him and say that I had the vaccine. And then he's like, what, you don't have it? I was like, no, I don't. I was like, okay. He's like, what, are you, are you an American citizen? I said, yeah. So I didn't end up having to fill it out. Um, but it was some papers, please type shit. I did have to take a COVID test uh, to fly back and forth. Um, I guess we'll see if they, they ease up on that bullshit. They seem to be now. Um, but um, even the, even the um, I don't know what we want to call her, uh, Beijing Betty uh, for CNN there, uh, even she was like, well, we may have to bring back these restrictions at a certain point. Uh, and honestly, to me, it's like a power thing. Uh, that's just been, and they like enforcing it. They like telling you. They get you, off to it. Yeah, they do. They get off to it. Like I walked into court the other day for once. It wasn't for something that I'd done. It was just to, just to be a witness to, to my, my girlfriend had been victimized and somebody broke into her house and tried to kidnap her. My fiance now, uh, she was my girlfriend right after. But anyway, um, 
So I was there for that. And when I walked in, I didn't want to have to wear the mask anyway. Uh, so I just put it where my nose was out, basically. That's kind of my default position if I have to wear it. Uh, and then when I walked in, they're like, pull the mask. Pull it up over your nose. You know, a cop, he wants to fuck with you anyway, right? Uh, and they're used to bullying. Well, pull it up over your nose. Like he's going to fucking, you know, like it was a federal case or some shit. Uh, and many such examples uh throughout uh this bullshit basically but when that happened i was like it just cemented in my brain i was like this is about power and control this is not about the mass doing shit this is about making people bow down to their superiors uh without any for no rhyme or reason except you need to bow down right uh that's that's kind of how i feel about it and it's garbage uh and these people need to be prosecuted eventually and, and commissions need to be formed yeah, it's an obedience test, and they're making lists of people who will comply and who won't, and obviously I won't comply, and um, so they, they are making lists. It's, an, it's a big obedience test, and uh, this is only going to get worse and worse. Um, if they've already got the people masked, and they've already got the people injected four times now, I think, and now they want a fifth time, um, plus their boosters, you know, it's um, – it's it's a situation where it's only going to continue to get worse. If, if they feel emboldened by the control that they have over us, they will only continue to increase um, the amount of torture that they inflict upon us until the system fails and until there's some kind of scenario where we, we can see it all collapse and then rebuild. And if we have to live in a period of anarchy for, say, 20 years or so until we can rebuild a society, in the long run, you know, that is something that probably would be for the best. We would arm up. We would uh, travel in groups. We would travel in a crew, and it would return to the law of the jungle. And you know, a lot of pe- a lot of people will say, "Well, that doesn't sound like a very conservative thing to say." You want to preserve society. You want to build up society. That's so far gone because of the parasite of finance and the parasite of of the media and academia and how they have ruined the society. There, there's nothing left to cling to in this. It, truly, we live in a worldwide shopping mall in which they put propaganda into the heads of every other group to try to go kill white people specifically. And a lot of the white people are accepting this and they're wearing their feces face masks and they're pushing these social justice talking points and both political parties are corrupted. And, you know, maybe, um, you know, I'll I'll just be somebody who can uh, do some work intellectually that will inspire people in the future. And maybe that's what I'll I'll end up doing. But I'll say it every day of my life. This system is destroying us. The system is killing us and it's doing it intentionally. And until there's a national divorce um, and maybe a period of destabilization before we can rebuild, um, I I just don't see um, that much hope um, unless things in the political sphere improve really, really rapidly. But that's not going to happen so long as Zionist Israel is pulling the strings of the opposition party, the GOP here in the United States. Well, you know why I love you when you come on this show and elsewhere is because you tell it like it is. Both these parties are rotten to the core. Um, yeah, we have our favorites, people we want to cheer on. You know, Trump disappoints us, right? I want to see him do well, too. Um, or snap out of some of the bullshit, right? Uh, but in reality, uh, both these parties are rotten to the core. Um, and I don't have any faith in them doing anything right. Uh, I don't really have any faith in Trump or DeSantis or anybody else either uh, in terms of, like, that guy on the horizon. Um, the reason I like Trump is because he shook it up so much, right? He does frighten them. Um, but, man, it's just 
they both suck. Uh, everything sucks. Yeah, there's some white pills, but it's coming from the ground up. Basically, the stuff in Ottawa, uh, the yeah. stuff we see, you know, with AFPAC, we're going to both be at February 25th. Um, it has to come from the ground up. I mean, I know it's like trite saying, but literally it's true. Uh, and you go to these, you know, I went to a lot of the Stop the Steal rallies and stuff like that. The people are already there uh, in terms of the rank and file. And you talk you talk to them, it sounds like an episode of the Kill Stream. Literally, but you don't hear that uh, in the halls of Congress. You don't hear that when they put the mic from Fox News in front of your face. Uh, but if you go out to these rallies and these get-togethers, by God, you do hear it. Uh, as a matter of fact, in certain ways, you hear it even wilder than you hear it on these shows because it's completely unrestrained uh, out there in the wild. So, again, uh, there is some hope. I don't want to be too black-pilled here at the end. Uh, and thank you, sir. I want to also thank you for coming on the show tonight and let you promote And, and use stuff. the demographics while we have them. Uh, right. Yes, there is a, a massive um, – there's going to be a massive demographic shift, um, and it's already happening. It's being manipulated. But we still do have the majority of the country, and we have to use the demographics while we have them before all of the Republican voters die off. So if the Republican Party is just going to be controlled opposition and put people on a plantation and make them think they're winning when they're not and they're just – running in a hamster wheel and that's a big uh, problem but it is an asset to have so many people uh, the fact that 75 million people maybe even more voted for donald trump donald trump who i felt was not as much to the right uh, nearly as oh. i would have liked him to be um I, I, this is a this is an inspiring sign um and people voted for donald trump out of a desire for him to be that right-wing character for him to be yeah. that image that they had of what his agenda was going to be even though it was compromised when he was in office uh, oh and real quick um i was going to send you off but i think this guy wanted to talk to you real quick Tux, you got your question real quick. I, I went OT for you. Oh, I just wanted to uh, ask, uh, have you heard about my game that I'm working on? Your game? That I you're... not. You're on, a, uh, on a game. You're talking about to me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, nah, I haven't heard of your game. Here, uh, could I show it to you? Uh, you could maybe, but they're not going to be able to see it. Uh, we'll just do it later. I don't know. I don't know what game. All right. Yeah. Well, you'll have to tell me off air because uh, I can't, like, the Discord's okay. not set up. But, yeah, tell me off air, and then I'll look at your game. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but, uh, Patrick, tell people where they can find you. Go to Gab. Go to gab.com slash Patrick Reports and, and do that. So find me at Gab. Um, and also go to the America First Political Action Conference. I'll be there. And... Uh, that's what you can do. And uh, we will talk and we'll discuss uh, more about how to go forward. I'm confident in many ways. There's a lot of hope in many ways, but we need to get serious and we need to understand that ultimately it's up to us. It's not up to any politician. It's going to be up to us. And so I look forward to seeing you, Ralph, in um, Florida. You will. And uh, things are looking up. Uh, we've got we've got a lot of good stuff going for us in the media realm. Um, and I think that uh, independent media is rising despite the censorship because there's so many good people who are doing it now and um these are all inspiring things to see and as the the appetite for national divorce uh, and the appetite for real real change uh continues to grow increasingly um it's going to be a very interesting situation so i'm glad to be here with all of you and um ralph i'll, I'll see you next time and good luck in your fights against the migrants <laughs> Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. I'll keep my guard up next time, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you, Ralph. All right, have a good one. All right, there we go. Our Pit Viper episode. Let me unmute here. 
Uh, let's see if I can play this. All right, where is it? Okay, wait. Oh, wait, hold on. There's a couple that I missed. Penguin sent $3 where I'm boys roll with their hits. Loving you have told the internet go for a run. I have told him that. We just heard from one of them there. I don't know. He was too... I was waiting for him to... I don't know if he thought I was going to promote his own bullshit or like... Or like what, but he like wasted so much time that I just went ahead and kicked him. I knew what he was up to, but silent. Please, can we watch the Jewish girls? They are honeys. Which ones do you mean? The only ones I remember uh, are the ones from the Christmas season telling us to donate to the, um, what was the name? International Christian Fund? I don't know. I forgot. Rand Dacroyd 93 sent $3. See you both in Dallas. Great show, King. Be sure to get your 80th booster soon. Thank you. And I will, of course. <laughs> Penguin sent $3 Uncle dridging his ass across the carper. Says we are all going to die. Please don't cough. That's an interesting take from your uncle there. Um, but yeah, I was wondering. I was like, hey, you going to get it out? He didn't get it out. Epstein Den says, nobody ever mentions blue color. Joe Bi- Oh, I read that one about his billionaire brother. Our very rich brother. I'm going to finish this, though, since we did play. Help us understand we've brought in Zara Rahman. She's a writer and researcher based in Berlin. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. So, Zara, you wrote an article on all of this a few years back. And I want to begin with a somewhat basic question, which is who tends to use skin-toned emojis more? (laughs) What did the research that you found say? Black people by far, by the way. Jojo sent $5. Have you guys heard of TrueStream Media? Awesome mute channel. Like and subscribe. Their latest video is about how since the 50s they knew automation would make most of our jobs pointless busy work to keep us from paying attention. Wow, that actually sounds kind of interesting. Let me look. That might be good for uh, Tequila Sunrise tomorrow. Truth stream media. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, we were warned about computer... Dr- oh, yeah, see, that looks like... Yeah, see, that's a long watch. That's what we like to do on Tequila Sunrise. Yeah, I'll save that. Fuck, I don't have my notepad. I'll just set that back up here. <sighs> the poor slack had to get blasted. Had to get sent out to pasture. The old slack that I've had for many years. <laughs> what a tragedy. Well, that means I just have to start a new slack. Which I've done many times. At the lightest skin tone was actually used the least, uh, even though white Twitter users outnumber black Twitter users four to one. And yeah, people, I guess in my personal research, I found that uh, white people tended to use the yellow emoji much more than people who were visibly people of color. We heard from people earlier opting for the yellow one to not get race involved for some people or to not maybe promote their whiteness. But it seems like there is an argument from some people against using the yellow default. And I'm, I will say, particularly curious about this because I am a frequent user of the Bart Simpson yellow. Yeah, no, that's so interesting. I mean, if we look at the Simpsons, because I think the Simpsons does kind of influence a lot of people's use of the yellow emoji. On The Simpsons, there were yellow people and there were brown people and there were black people. Ah. So I think for many people, The Simpsons yellow signifies white, even if it's it's actually not. Uh, I had actually thought of that. Yeah. That's yeah. So um, and I think it, the emojis know, I think yellow, though, is also. Many- 
mention this, there is this default to thinking about whiteness as almost raceless in many ways. Okay, well, why don't we have emojis that have the face colors too? We don't have that, do we? Hold on, where's my fucking phone? Yeah, I'm looking for my phone. Uh, but what was it? Hold on. Let's see. Uh, by the way, shout out to Nick. We talked about that earlier. The stuff with Cozy completely ironed out. I'm very excited to be at uh, APAC. A lot of garbage people trying to fuck with my shit, but that's how it goes. That's how it goes when you're in this role. Uh, very excited. I didn't get to, get to go to APAC, too, because it was right when my mom hit her head, and she ended up passing away, obviously, after a few months. But uh, and I didn't get to go, but I'm going to be there. With bells on here at APAC 3, at the reception, and at the event itself. Uh, so I'll be very excited to meet anybody who's also going to the event. Uh, so, no, there was never any... Uh, Somebody said we made up. There was never any tear up. There was never any deviation there. The funny thing is, literally, Worski all day was like, I'm hearing that Ralph, they're in the process of removing him and this and that. None of that was ever said. <laughs> he definitely didn't have any sources uh, to that effect. Once we finally talked, um, it was all good. Now, I did, I did apologize. I want to make sure I apologize for even like creating a problem uh, by not thinking about how things would be, you know, turned around and involve other people. So that's what happened with that. I talked about the beginning of the show, so I'm not going to waste too much time on it, but we did. Uh, I, I know that that was going around uh, today because of, I guess, because of the cocaine Worski, but uh, yeah, that didn't happen. So we're still in cozy. Find this particularly interesting is because people <laughs> yeah. are, are confronted. Yes, he had the documents, maybe, yeah. With having to make their race explicit, which I, I mean, I completely hear uh, some people are just exhausted of having to do that. Uh, many people of color have to do that every day and are confronted with their race every day. I hope to but see you in 2023. People, I'll be there then too. To, let's say, ignore it. Go ahead, Penguin. You can only use the yellow if you were part of the cookie cutter. I don't know. Or that whether that's subconsciously or consciously, their whole lives. Zara, it does feel like there's not necessarily one clear-cut answer from everyone. You know, in some oh, of the Twitter. I just saw this. Anderson Paladin said honk honk uh, over on interview. People Thank like you. their emoji use could be different depending on the season. Uh, mm -hmm. I have two children whose skin color is not the same. Um, mm -hmm. I I don't know that these are particularly easy questions for people to wrestle with, which is maybe candidly why sometimes I've just opted for the yellow. Um, <laughs> so, how do you recommend that people handle these choices? Oh, no. I mean, I completely agree with you that there's no clear-cut answer. Um, people that I spoke to, uh, for example, mixed-race people or white-passing people of color in particular really struggle because, as one of the callers mentioned, not wanting to kind of ignore their white privilege but not wanting to deny the fact that they are people of color. Um, yeah, I think context matters hugely, who you are, where, what kind of context you're, you're writing in or, or where you're using it. Um, the interesting thing about my work has been that many, many, I've had many white people read the article and then as a result start to use the white emoji as a way of acknowledging that they see, they know that they're white. That is Zara Rahman. She's a writer and researcher based in Berlin. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for having me. Thank you. That was truly a one of a kind conversation there. <laughs> 
To me, that's just that's really looking deep for sure. It's like okay, well, okay, well, get rid of the yellow. You guys are the one who made that thing anyway. What the fuck? It wasn't my idea to ever have the yellow. <clears throat> what are we going to do tomorrow? I don't fucking know. You know what we're going to do on Friday, though? We're going to have the OG mystery guest on the show. I said, I want the OG mystery guest on the show this weekend, this Sunday. I messaged him. And I said, I want the OG mystery. I didn't say that, but basically that's that's what I set up. So he will be here on Friday. Just me and him finally. No bullshit. We won't have to worry about anything else. The tag team, the dynamic duo is back. I know that's been asked for a lot. So I've had a couple episodes like that. One got rudely interrupted. Others have been derailed. Uh, but it's going to happen. Cyborg says no hints. No. Well, I mean, if you know, you know. I don't know what to say. If you know, you know. I guess you know what the... Man fading in the night sent $3. Good to see you back, big guy. <laughs> As motherfuck Worski and the crack pipe he rode in on. I can't believe there's a lane for emoji colors. <laughs> They went all out to cancel me, man. I'm not going to lie. They they really have went all out to cancel me this week. They failed on the bowling alley front. They failed on Odyssey. They failed on Cozy. That's how it works, though. You got to go all out to close the gap that first week and just really try to snuff them out. Uh, and that's what they tried to do. Um, but can abort is not just a slogan. It's a way of life, ladies and gentlemen. That's the thing. Uh, and it just didn't happen. So thank you, uh, for all the support. One reason it didn't happen, uh, and everybody, of course, uh, being cool and, you know, me talking to some people and, uh, you know, ironing some things out, uh, as far as that goes, didn't want to involve them in the first place. Definitely apologize for that. Um, but some things, sometimes things just happen. Uh, so it is what it is. Uh, it's been fun to get back to normal shows. <laughs> It has really been fun uh, to get back to the normal shows. So thank you for that. Uh, there was somebody else I was going to thank too. Um, I don't know, just mainly just the support uh, and uh, you know, Odyssey and Cozy and everybody being cool. So it's been funny to see people go all out uh, to try to like just snuff out the kill stream, um, but it didn't work. So sorry. Now, <laughs> I don't just say I'm still here. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I plan to be here for a long, long time, actually. Uh, so that's one of the main reasons to get healthy is to live longer to spite them longer. Do you understand? To make them hate longer. I talked about creating generations of hatred the other day. We have to I have to make it to age 55 at least. That's one more generation. I want them to teach their fucking kids to hate me. That's what I fucking want. That's what I want. Penguin sent $3, Andy. Aim, aim, aim. PPP, where is my surfer, bitch? Where is my Ralph boss? Still here. I'm still here. I'm sure they'll keep coming. Uh, it is what it is. I still have the article that I want to put out. Um, 
one of those deep thought pieces uh, over there on the rawfortort.com. Uh, so, anyway, I'm thinking after I get past this week, uh, we're not going to really have to even allude to it or do a, fun, a finale segment on it anymore. But it has been something ongoing. They try to fuck with the ball on. They try to fuck with Odyssey. They try to fuck with Cozy. Uh, thankfully, none of those things worked. Um, I don't anticipate anything else uh, on those fronts. Uh, talk to all involved. The bowling alley guy thinks it's hilarious. Uh, that He was inspired by He He was actually taken aback, like, in a good way. Like, wow, I didn't realize how many people hated this. hated you, man. That's fucking wild. I love it. I think was his quote. So I love it too. If he lo- if he loves it, I'd fucking. I was gonna say it's supposed to be if you like it, I love it. But whatever. He already loves it. So what can you say? Jacuzzi sent three dollars. They're plotting on your downfall, but they'll just have to wait a bit longer. Just a bit longer. Rumors of my demise uh, were greatly exaggerated. I guess you could say. But you never know. They'll never. They won't stop. I know that. Go ahead, Wally. Wally sent three dollars. You don't need turncoat weasel weeaboos when you've got a based Dark Souls bro in your corner. Keep on trucking and fucking boss. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Oh, thank you, Patrick Holly tonight. Also, thank you to the guests. Um, obviously, if you're a guest on this show, that doesn't mean that uh, they try to turn it into this a little bit. Doesn't mean you're involved with anything I have going on or cosign any fucking executive decision that i've made you just came on the show to talk i mean that's that should go without saying um they talk about me using tactics that are you know questionable or whatever um but i mean they're literally using like left-wing sjw type shit type tactics shaming people from coming on the show or this guy got a record this guy's got core battle and i mean so again, it's just like it's hypocrisy uh, on a pretty big scale, but that's how it goes. Anyway, thank you to the guests for putting up with the bullshit. Uh, it'll die down uh, eventually. Now, I think that's it for the show. That's another reason that I'm babbling because that was the last segment. We did our emojis. Uh, we have some shit for tomorrow. I can finish this Rogan thing maybe. Another connection we can make that I don't think should be overestimated is Joe Rogan's background as a stand-up comedian. This archetype of the comedian as the truth teller. What do you think? What's the worst thing that can happen if I'm a little higher on my kid? They're going to get extra Three dollars Xenoblade 3 got announced. It's near time, boys. LFG. I did hear about that. I don't know if I can watch this, honestly. Fuck CNN. I don't want to see that. Oh, I will play this, though. This was Justin Trudeau. Vaccine mandates and the fact that Canadians stepped up to get vaccinated to almost 90% ensured that this pandemic didn't hit as hard here in Canada as elsewhere around the world. We stayed focused on following the science, on uh, promoting public health rules, and Canadians stepped up in their communities. They stepped up for their frontline health workers. They stepped up for each other, and Canada has been never been so strong and together as we are now never been as together as they are now that doesn't seem right when you have all those truckers in the street but well we'll talk more about canada tomorrow shout out to our canadian viewers let me see let me make sure i didn't miss any thank you guys big support tonight and during the day tequila sunrise uh been a pleasure where is it let's see I think I've got it. 
Thank you, guys. Where's the song, though? Uh, there it is. Thank you, Patrick Holly. Uh-oh. Wally sent $3 in other good news. The forbidden door in AU was just opened with a switchblade. The forbidden door? Well, I'm going to have to Google that because I know AEW. I know the forbidden door. But I didn't get your reference. Actually, okay, I did get it finally. Actually, saw him wrestle at Madison Square Garden for New Japan. That's pretty sick. Conversely, Okada. <laughs> <laughs> 